is the moment UFC fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Red Belt Report. The monthly MMA podcast where we talk about everything going on in the world of mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Bob Phelan. And I'm Brooks Phelan. And we're going to take a look back at UFC 210 from this past weekend, as well as the cards that led up to it. And we'll take a look ahead at UFC 211 and go over our top five light heavyweights of all time. So that's what's on the docket for this episode. How you doing? Good to be back. Yes. Good, good. Yeah, it hasn't been long since we recorded because we did the video game podcast that actually we recorded last week, but it's not going to drop for a couple more days if you're hearing this at the time of recording. But uh, that was a good time. We had some uh, a different assembly of guests. Uh, No Joel Fallon on that one, but a few newcomers. It was a long episode, but it was fun fun to record. Yeah, it was really long and uh, something different. I mean, it was our second video game podcast. It was. We were kind of used to it, but then again, it was all new people, so it was... Yeah, it's a little feeling yeah. out process. You can, I could feel the nerves in the room from yeah. all the newbies, which yeah, is understandable. It's understandable. This is only like my 218th podcast or something, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, but we reviewed Assassin's Creed, the movie, did our top five open world games, talked about a lot of the big releases like Zelda... And uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and stuff like that. So if you're interested, check it out. And also, I need to keep mentioning this every episode I record until the old podcast feed runs out. But I switched over to a new host for the podcast, which in turn gave us a new podcast feed. I updated it on iTunes, but if you're currently subscribed to the old one, I would just unsubscribe and resubscribe through iTunes or manually put in the the new feed, which is theredboxreport.com slash RSS. I will put that in the show notes, and I'm going to put out a special little announcement mini two-minute podcast thingy to uh, make sure people understand that as well. Sweet, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, might as well. And in the meantime, make sure you rate and review us on iTunes as well. Subscribe to the YouTube page. You could always use the... Uh, the subscribers. Yeah, any following we can get is, is great for us. For sure. And great last, for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Last thing before we get into the fights, I just wanted to mention I wrote my, uh, I guess it's also monthly, my article for BaltimoreSportsAndLife.com about my post UFC 210 thoughts. Uh, I thought it turned out pretty good, so check it out. I even put it on our website as well, so wherever. Sweet. Follow me on Twitter at The Order Report. You can find it anywhere I am. But yeah, let's get to the fights. This past weekend was UFC 210 in Buffalo, New York. And it was headlined by the light heavyweight championship between Daniel Cormier and Anthony Johnson. Uh, before we get into the fights, I guess we should go over all these controversies. Or maybe we should hit them as they come up in the fights. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, well, yeah, I guess we do that. We'll hit off 
the the main event was Daniel Cormier defeated Anthony Johnson by second round submission. Played out pretty similarly. Oh Jesus! Similarly <laughs> to the first fight, except a little quicker. Some baffling game planning, or I don't even think it was the game plan, but decision making by Anthony Johnson. Yeah. He tried to wrestle the wrestler when his clear <laughs> one thing he was clearly better at uh, than Cormier then was in his striking and his power and just refused to use that to his advantage. Went right into Cormier's zone and paid for it predictably. Yeah. It made no sense. Um, today I listened. I saw it. It's like a video on YouTube, but it's just audio of uh, uh, Anthony Johnson's corner during the fight. It is like hilarious. I mean, it's terrible, but hilarious at the same time. It's just like Henry Hoof, like screaming, stop wrestling him and the even in the corner between rounds, it's like, what are you doing? Stop wrestling him. I don't want to see that. Da da da. You know, I mean, it's clear that it's, he shouldn't be. And then in the second round, uh, it's like, I don't know why he's doing this. Why is he wrestling him? And then when he gets tapped out, Henry Hoof is like, why the fuck does this happen every single time? Like, he was pissed off. Yeah, yeah. I, I have read that. I read the transcript. I didn't hear the audio. But, yeah, clearly, I, I wrote in my article that, Everything about this event, but especially the main event, was so bizarre, so weird, that it leads to someone like me, who I hate conspiracy theories. I think 99.99% of them are just wrong and dumb. But it has me thinking of conspiracy theories. Like, did Anthony Johnson throw this fight? Like, and and not even tell his corner, but like... He knew he said after he retired after the fight. I guess we should mention that, which is a shock, yeah. was a shocker. But he said he didn't tell anybody, not even Dana White or anything like that. But he planned to retire, win or lose, after this fight. Why? And it's a title fight, so I'm thinking maybe. And look, I think most likely he just choked and you know messed up and fought scared like he can do at times. But yeah. it made me think: what if he's like? Well, I don't want to win the belt and then retire. That's messed up. So uh, let me just, you know, put on a as much as a show as possible, take as little damage as possible, and, you know, come away with the loss so that things can continue on. Like, I mean, I would think that maybe that wasn't his thinking where, like, it's messed up to win the belt and leave. I think he pretty much knew in his heart that he couldn't win the fight. True, yeah, that too, that too. It was really just kind of like a money grab before he retired and, uh, just fought, try to get the least damage. I guess maybe I don't know. Yeah, and I no, I don't even really believe what I just said. But it's like so mind-boggling the way he went about it that it makes me think like, why? You know? Yeah. It, I mean, he says he says he told his corner and stuff, but Henry Hoof, I think it was in the MMA Hour, said that he had known that Anthony Johnson was thinking about retiring and had talked about it and stuff, but he had no idea it was going to be on Saturday night. Right. He said, like, he definitely wouldn't have left the ring and stuff if that was the case, if he knew he was about to do that. Yeah. He said he didn't do that on purpose or anything. <laughs> Pretty crazy they left him yeah. high and dry. And everything. so bad for him. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Anthony Johnson is such a conundrum because in when you hear him talk, he seems like such a nice guy, right, and uh, really likable. And his yeah. fighting style, except when the – one out of every five or six fights that he chokes and just does something stupid. Like, he's exciting to watch. He's got stupid power. You know, he's a scary beast in there. But then people forget, this guy has faced charges of domestic violence multiple times, 
stalking. Like, <laughs> I don't know how great of a guy he is, even though he comes off as a likable guy. Yeah. There's, like, baggage there. So he's, like, I can't figure him out. Like, I don't know whether to root for him or not. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I I uh, definitely agree. It's, like, it's definitely weird. Um, I, I don't know if it's just choking or what. Like, like I said, I think he, like, knew in his heart he couldn't win that fight. And that's why it went down the way it did. Yeah, he's, maybe not, but but yeah, I mean, I get what you mean. Like sometimes he comes off as really nice, and then he was like kind of talking shit with DC, and I don't know. I've never really been a big fan of him, so I've never really thought too much of it. But mm-hmm. it's, I love it's watching him fight. It's yeah. just I don't know, man. He's a quitter. Like anytime he's a front runner, when he's in control of the fight, like he looks unstoppable. But then as soon as he faces any adversity whatsoever. I mean, he folds like a cheap tent or a cheap suit or a cheap piece of paper, whatever the saying is. <laughs> yeah. You know? Definitely. But well, I guess on the other hand, Daniel Cormier defends the belt yet again. Uh, I guess we could get into the weigh-in controversy before <laughs> we get into his performance where he literally weighs in five minutes before the deadline, 1.2 pounds overweight, goes away, comes back. Look. Two and a half. Oh, it looks terrible. Looked terrible. I mean, it looked like he was damn near dead. Yeah, it looked like he had done everything in his power. Uh, comes back literally two and a half minutes later and weighs 205 on the dot. And then Anthony Johnson weighs in right after that, 203.8, exactly 1.2 pounds under the limit, which I don't think Johnson is a guy who's going to come in under. Yeah, so he had a tough weight cut. There's no way he cut that much extra weight yeah so i don't know there's a lot of theories about whether it's like some old wrestling trick with the towel or he's pushing down on it just uh to eliminate the small amount of weight possible that seems a little exact to yeah, get like, to nail on a first when try. i first heard that i was like there's no way like pushing on the towel like that will do that with your weight but then again like watching it it's like it does definitely look like he's putting some weight on that towel yeah apparently it is a trick and uh you know, it, it does work to an extent, but it was just so exact. That seemed risky. I think what is more likely is they messed with the scale. They set it back 1.2 pounds or whatever to the negative yeah. side. Yeah, I don't, something definitely happened because that is weird how uh, AJ came in exactly 1.2 under. And it's I also mean, weird that they were he was able to weigh in again. Like, apparently it's a New York... Rule. Rule where they have two hours, yeah. It's, for title fights only, you have two hours after a first weighing attempt to get it again, which, if that's the case, why didn't he actually, you know, take the time to cut the weight if he had an extra two hours? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, I mean, once he, uh, I didn't know that about New York. That's like an old rule from, like, uh, the five o'clock weigh-ins. Yeah, where dude. There's you a, had to weigh in right then, but if you missed, you had two more hours. But now that you have a two-hour window, they've kind of eliminated that rule. Right, exactly. And there's, <clears> a, there's a lot of rules from New York State Athletic Commission that people didn't know about until the day of or the day before the event, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Let's get to Dana Cormier's actual performance itself. What did you think? How did he look? Uh, is I he thought he looked really good. I mean, he got cracked with that uh, head kick and definitely snapped his nose. And he didn't really, that didn't faint him very much. So, I mean, after that kick, I mean, that was pretty much all AJ landed. He did take down, get taken down like twice, I think, but he hopped right back up. I thought he looked pretty good. Um, definitely didn't look very depleted or anything from the wake up. And, yeah. uh, you know, fucking dominated, uh, 
dominated him once he got him on the ground and shit. Yeah, for me, coming into the fight, I'm like, okay, he's been dealing with injuries yet again. He's 38 years old. Uh, you know, how much is his body going to hold up? How much is his skills going to not erode because of injuries and time? And last time he actually defended his belt was against Alexander Gustafson like a year and a half ago. Of course, he had that fight against Silva, but yeah. that was hardly even a fight. Um, yes. I had a lot of questions coming in about you know, where he was at. And yeah, he answered it to an extent, but for me, it's really so hard to judge still. There's still some questions just because of Johnson's strategy or whatever, you know, he, he played right into Cormier's hands where he just is leaning against him on the fence where Cormier can control the posture, wear him down, even though he's not putting his weight on to Johnson, Johnson is still working hard and getting nowhere fast. Yeah. Like you said, he took him down twice, but he, course he's just going to get right back up Cormier even said yeah great good on you for getting me down but you got to keep me down and then Johnson was tired yeah Cormier took some shots he's always been tough as nails he's always had a a great chin on him so not surprised there and he just you know easily took him down and submitted him in the second round so it's not like there was a ton of back and forth to really determine if he's lost a step but he certainly uh, looked pretty good for what we saw and, uh, like, towards the end of fight week, he did a lot of talking about how it's been, uh, like, if, like Wednesday, she was talking about how great his weight is and all this stuff, but afterwards, he was talking a lot about how it was the toughest weight cut of his career by far, how the weight is coming up much slower and all this stuff, but to me, there wasn't any signs after, I mean, besides the weigh-ins, I mean, at one point, he walked away butt-naked, just didn't even care, I mean, yeah. that's how tired he was, he literally walked off the scale butt-naked and just walked away. And I think that, yeah. um, is a... There's a good part about the early weigh-ins. You get that. I mean, it's not a ton of extra time, but, I mean, any little bit, I'm sure, helps when you're trying to rejuvenate your body like that. Yeah. So, but like I said, he, he said it was like a real rough weight cut, and but I didn't think there was any signs of that uh, showing no. up in the fight. But like you said, I mean, I don't. you don't know if this fight is enough to really show if there was, if DC still has it. And, but I don't think that really matters because I, um, I think DC does still have it against the uh, – I mean, all of the other, basically all of the other light heavyweights besides John Jones. I don't think there's a chance in hell that he's going to beat John Jones. I don't think he'll ever beat John Jones. Um, but uh, I mean, I think DC will still beat any other light heavyweight besides John Jones. Yeah, that's a fight. That's the only fight that I want to see right now. I mean, what do you think is next? Afterwards, he calls out Jimmy Manoa, and then that's actually some of the best post-fight stuff from him I've ever seen where he's saying to Jones, you know, get your academics in order and then you can come back to class. Like that was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, obviously he, I think they're aiming for Jones in July for international fight week, but they're using Manu as a backup plan, which is smart. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? Smart. Um, well, I mean, I think in the post-fight press conference, Dana White was still stood by. There's no chance of John Jones getting a main event. So, um, I, I mean, don't he even that. said that he would put Garbrandt, TJ, over top of them. I don't know if I so, believe that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He was still saying it, so I don't know if I believe it either, just logistically-wise. Um, but I think definitely John Jones is next for International Fight Week. I think that's what Dana White wants, because I don't think Bisping and GSP are going to make that. So I think they're definitely shooting for July. I don't think that they can do International Fight Week because of... 
John Jones' suspension goes back pretty much to UFC 200. Which no, is like, they can. They can. Uh, Ariel was tweeting this. I think his suspension is up like uh, the 6th. Or, I don't know. These dates aren't exact, but it's like three days before. Say his suspension is up on the 6th, and then that fight weekend would be like the 8th or 9th. Yeah, so, but I also heard you couldn't promote within like two weeks of that date or something like that. No, he said you can. Yeah, I as long as you will be cleared by the time of the fight, you can promote that fight. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. So I guess maybe that is what they're shooting for. But like I said, Dana said they would even put uh, Garbrandt TJ over top of that. I don't know if I believe that, but that's what he said. And so I think that's definitely what next. But, yeah, it is, I guess, smart having Jimmy Manuel as a backup plan, though I think that's a terrible fight. Oh, yeah. I don't know how that even is discussed, but. Easy fight for Cormier. Light heavyweight is by far and away the weakest division. <laughs> this might be the weakest any division has ever been yeah. outside of the top two. I mean, two of the top two pound for pound. But other than that, it's like Ryan Bader's gone. Anthony Johnson just retired. They just got rid of Nikita Krylov. It is razor thin. And, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I want to see John Jones versus Daniel Cormier. I want it to be that July card. I don't care who's the main event, who's the co-main event, but if you pair Jones-Cormier with TJ versus Garbrandt, man, that's a hell of a card. Uh, yeah, I agree. And I, I feel that. like you got to put Jimmy Manoa versus anybody <laughs> somewhere on that card just in case John Jones falls out or, or even Cormier falls out, whatever. you got to have yeah, him on have there versus maybe the winner of Gustafson Teixeira if they're ready or – or Misha Serkinov, anybody. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I agree. Um, definitely have somewhere where I guess you keep the other person on the card, although I don't want to see John Jones in another interim title fight. But um, Yeah, but if an emergency, but break glass. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. But let's so. get to the co-main event because there was plenty of controversy to go around here. Uh, Gegard Mousasi defeats Chris Weidman by second round. Dr. Stoppage, I guess, is the official ruling. Yeah, it was uh, terrible. Pretty crazy stuff. I'd like to get your opinion on the stoppage itself, but how did you think the fight was going until that point? Uh, I mean, the fight was going good. I thought, I mean, you know, I'm a huge Wyden fan, but I, I like Musasi. Um, I thought it was a good fight. Uh, I thought Chris Wyden definitely won the first round, but not by, like, a huge margin, and it was taken down... Uh, Musasi a few times. And I think Musasi stopped a couple, but Musasi had definitely caught Weidman like in that flurry beforehand, before the knee, and had him definitely reeling. But it's not like the first time we've seen Chris Weidman do stuff like that, where he goes like rallies behind the like to the cage and like along the cage and like blocks and punches while he get, regains composure. But uh, you know, with Weidman, I mean, uh, Musasi definitely had him on the run, and I think it was a failed takedown that got him to that position for the knees but yeah i completely agree with your assessment i feel like chris weidman won a close but not necessarily not super close but a clear first round but not like a 10-8 or anything yeah and then it seemed like the momentum was shifting in the second round where he was getting lazy with those takedown attempts to single legs over and over again and yeah. he was ready for it and i think he was winning that second round up to that point clearly and uh, if the fight would have continued, I feel like it would have come down to the third round. But yeah, the fight was stopped because uh, what Weidman was going for the single leg, got called into a clinch type thing, 
and was getting kneed in the head, so he tries putting both hands down to play the game and make it an illegal strike. Yeah. There was some I question. still think they're illegal, but there was some question whether they were or not. The referee stopped it and called them illegal, which should be the end of it. Yeah. Since in New York there is no replay allowed, I think they, When has there ever been replay in any state in MMA? That's true. As much as it should be, I think it really yeah. should be. Like take a pause, Definitely. get the call right, either continue it or not continue it. But I mean, after. how many fights have been ruined and been like, damn, I wish it was replay. Right. It's like like the, never uh, been replaying them away. The Jorge Masvidal, Jake Ellenberger fight from a couple months ago where he got his foot yeah. caught in the fence. Like, There's endless fights that fucking happen. Yeah, I don't know why if the ref stops the fight, no matter what, it's like it's, the fight's over. Yeah. If he has a question, you know. But either way, he uh, what should have happened is if he, if he thought it was illegal strikes, you stop the fight. Give him five minutes. Well, actually, it's not five minutes for a legal blow. It's just as soon as he's ready or as soon as the doctors say that he can continue. Or low blow is their only thing for five minutes. I heard a big rant about that on Sure Dog Radio Network. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, he should have got the doctors in. And if the doctors determined he can't continue, then disqualification. And if he can, then you get to fight going again. Yeah. But what happened <laughs> was he started doing that. Then... I think Big John McCarthy was like, no, the the blows were legal, or the, the knees were legal. So he changes his mind mid-course. All of a sudden, Weidman goes from saying, I don't know if I can continue to, oh, yeah, I'm definitely ready to go. I'm ready to go. But I yeah. think it was a little late at that point, which, and they had to stop the fight and give it to Masasi. I thought the knees were legal because his hand wasn't touching when they landed. But, I mean... It's such a stupid rule in the first place. Yeah. I don't like – it should be if your knee's on the ground, it's a grounded strike, not your hand. One hand, two hand, doesn't matter. All it is is you're playing a game. Yeah, yeah. And what's the difference whether he had his hands down or Musasi barely pulled him up at the last second? Yeah, I agree. Um, just, it should be like four points. Of, I guess four points would still be hands down. But, yeah, it should be like your knees. Yeah. And it's just unfortunate for everybody because Weidman obviously doesn't want the fight to end that way. Musasi doesn't want to win that way. He f- he probably felt like he was on his way to get a stoppage anyway, or at least a decision if it goes to the third, since he had the momentum. The fans, clearly, they do not want the fight to end that way. It's just it's bad all around. There's got to be a better way. But I don't know. I think that's the breaks when that, – that's a bad part about playing that, that – that game that Wyman was playing with the hand up, hand down, it can backfire the way yeah. it did. Um, I mean, it definitely can backfire. I mean, but even on the replays, I thought, his, like, if you're playing that game, like, I thought the finger pit, uh, his fingertips were still down. Like, I think he, they came up when the the knee hit, and that's what made him come up. Like, that was my opinion. But, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is super bullshit. Close, super close. It is, like, I mean, kind of Chris Wyman's fault if you look at it, like, he was, like, rolling around on the ground and excellent. Like, he was, like, knocked out, basically, and shit, which he definitely shouldn't have done. But um, the whole thing was crazy. I mean, looking at a replay to the change in that mid-course to the doctors not allowing Chris Wyman to keep fighting. It was all bullshit. Yeah, New York's having a rough time. And we'll even get to more of that in the next fight. But I guess either way, I mean, it is what it is. Musasi gets the win. That was the last fight of his contract. He is a free agent now, 
coming off of like a was this his fifth or sixth win in a row, fourth by knockout technically. And what do you think is next? Should they run it back? Should they re-sign Musasi at all costs? Is he going to Bellator? Yeah, I mean, I I would hope they replay it right away. I mean, they were that's a lot of talk of that after the fight, but apparently Musasi has changed his mind since then and doesn't want to rematch. But although he's been talking a lot about testing the market, and Dana White commented on it after at the post-fight press conference, and he was like, well, let's see his value. Let's see what he gets. And I think the UFC is definitely going to allow him to go try to get a big value. If, I, mean, I guess he's going to go out to the other organizations and see how much money they'll throw at him. Well, he and, was with Scott Coker in Strike Force. I think there's yeah. a relationship there. I think that's the guy Coker would love to have. I mean, a guy who's on a streak, he's in his prime, he's a great fighter. I mean, he could easily be their champion at middleweight for a long time. Yeah, and uh, I mean, that's swayed a lot of fighters, that relationship, apparently. I mean, that is a lot of fighters have gone over there based on that. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to get, he's either going to get a great deal from Bellator or force the UFC to give him a pretty good deal. But I hope he resigns with the UFC, obviously, yeah, because that's definitely. where the best fights are going to be for him, at least as yeah, far as a fan goes. I don't think Bellator has much of a middleweight division that do that. No, Melvin Manhoff just fought for the title for the second yeah. time in the past year. So, yeah, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, they could use him, but I hope he resigns with the UFC. And I wouldn't be opposed to a rematch. I would definitely, and I would hope they would make it a main event, so it's five rounds. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think it has to be a rematch. I think Weidman's spiraling a little bit. I think he needs, as Luke Thomas would say, a. Uh, uh, bounce back fight or a uh, tune up fight yeah. to get his head right. And why? And Musasi, I think I'd like to see him fight like Anderson Silva or Luke Rockhold. Like, I think yeah. he deserves to be pretty close to like one win away from a title shot. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would love to see Chris Weidman go out there and get a win. I think he definitely needs it. Um, I think he said he's definitely staying at middleweight. He wants to win a belt back and whatnot. Uh, so I, think that I think that's rules a mistake. out the light heavy. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I agree that Musashi's close to the title. Definitely want him to stay in the UFC. Um, I, don't, I guess the Anderson Silva fight would be good. I really hope they don't put Luke Rockhold against uh, Anderson Silva. I do not want to see that. No, and I think Silva turned it down. Did he? Yeah. I th- the last I heard, he might be fighting Vitor actually at two twelve. Oh, well. So, I don't know. It's still nothing official, but, yeah, that'll be interesting. But, yeah, I think, like, a Rockhold Musashi fight would be good, something close to, like, an Eliminator fight. Yeah, that would be awesome. And as far as Weidman, man, I think he's got to reconsider. I think he's got to go up to light heavyweight. I know he will be a small light heavyweight, but look how thin that division is. All he's going to need to do, even after three losses in a row, win one fight against a Jimmy Manoa. And you yeah. are getting a title shot. You're going. Yeah. It's just sim- simple as that. If he wants to win a belt again, I think he's got to go up. Yeah, I agree. I'm, but I mean, I, I think he's been looking a lot smaller lately. Yeah. Like his chest and stuff. Like it's very like thin and it's not very muscular anymore. I wouldn't rule him out as far as middleweight. It's just going to be a longer journey after three yeah. three knockouts in a row. Even if this one wasn't technically a knockout, I mean. He's going to have to go down that ladder pretty far because middleweight is stacked right now. At the yeah, there's so levels. many people up there. I mean, who's he's going to fight, like, what, Tali Slates or, like, a Hafi Natal, something yeah. like that. He's just got to get some confidence, a win under his belt so he's not desperate, you know. Yeah. 
Something. I, I like the guy. I like the guy. I hope he rebounds. I just I would I think light heavy. I mean I'm not his manager, but I feel like that's an easier path anyway. Yeah, definitely less fights to a title fight. Yeah, but let's get to the third big controversy of the week was Cynthia Calvillo versus Pearl Gonzalez. Both fighters go through the whole week, cutting weight, make weight, and then find out. The fight is postponed because apparently you're not allowed to have breast implants which in the state crazy. of New York, which, as I wrote in my article, that just is an archaic rule, in my opinion. Like, what year is this? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, I understand there might be some health risks associated with, like, the implant, like, leaking or rupturing. Is that what it is? They don't want it to burst? I guess so. But uh, ask Anderson Silva if there's health risks associated with throwing a kick. Yeah. I mean, you can literally snap your leg in half at any point. Like, this is the fight game. They yeah, signed crazy. up. They, like, you can't fight here based on a health risk. <laughs> yeah. It's a fucking fight. She knows the risks, I'm sure. You know, she's agreeing to the – she agreed to the fight. Of, co- of course they know there's going to be health risks. There's doctors all around the cage. Yeah. You know, that is stupid. It's really, really stupid. A terrible rule flat out. But also, why not – uh, tell them a little sooner than after they already cut weight. Yeah. I they, mean, if you tell the, if the UFC knows, or maybe they could work something out beforehand, don't have to have it announced and em- of- embarrass the girl. Or Apparently, though, like Dana White was saying that there was never word that this was going to be called off or announcement or whatever. The press just ran with that. And he said he doesn't know how they got it or whatever, but it was never official or anything like that. And Again, like, I don't believe him. A, I don't believe him because there was quotes from the New York commission guy who was like repeating the rule. Yeah. And I just think they they paid him off basically. I think the UFC paid the commission some money to let it happen. Yeah, but like but, you said, I mean, Misha Tate fought at two hundred five. Like, what the? <laughs> yeah, in New York, like the same exact thing. And there yeah. was not one word uttered about it. And, yeah, like, if they could have told the UFC, sorry, you know, here's this rule, even if it's a terrible rule, tell them early. They could say, okay, we'll book this fight for Nashville Something card else. in a couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, they had all the health screenings, doctor screenings and all. They, they had they to have the information. Them? Like, right. Yeah. They saw her at the way and were like, oh, my God, those things are fake. We got to call this fight <laughs> off. Like, what the hell? This is so stupid. But titties are way too nice. Yeah, but apparently they let the fight go on. And it it was a pretty impressive performance by Cynthia Calvillo, who has been on a pay-per-view portion of the last two in a row, 209 and now 210, with back-to-back submission wins. That was her first two fights, wasn't it? Yeah, in the UFC. Uh, She's getting some some nice shine, and and she looks good. Yeah, they brought her out there to the press conference with Dana White, and they answered questions together, and he complimented the hell out of her. I was yeah. like saying how he, you know, I sat down with Ronda Rousey for 45 minutes and brought her in and brought MMA in. And I uh, I met this one girl and had her sit next to me at one fight. Her name was Joanna Jacek. And then he was like, this girl right here, is, you know, just complimented the hell out of her. And so I think he likes her a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's fun to watch. She's entertaining. Uh, she's got decent stand-up, sick submission skills, sick jiu-jitsu She's from Team Alpha Male, so you know she's going to be solid wrestling and she's going to keep improving. That is a good camp, no matter what you think of their little non-title jinx or whatever. But 
she's young she's exciting i think um yeah there's definitely a future there for her i don't know what's next exactly but it's i think she should get a little bit of a jump up i don't know how significantly as far as pearl gonzalez goes i mean it's hard to say because how much is calvillo being good versus her being bad she looked decent i think she deserves another another fight in ufc to, to see what happens but yeah not great certainly yeah, uh, what was like the hype behind her? Uh, she's was a Golden Glove boxing winner. Didn't really show it off too much in this fight. Yeah, uh, I think she had some qualifications in other organ- smaller organizations. As far as like, she was like nine and one, something like that. Okay. She had a resume. Gotcha. But yeah, moving on to Tiago Alves defeats Patrick Cote by decision. Pretty handily. Um, looked pretty good. Looked like yeah. he... Coming into the fight, I thought, you know, Alves at 33 was the more shop-worn, older in fight years than Cote, who's like 37, 38. But no, Alves looked rejuvenated a little bit coming back to welterweight after a stint down at lightweight. And Cote looked not great and then retired after the fight. Yeah. Good for him. I mean... Don't prolong it. He's not going to really fight for a title or anything anytime soon. Nah, he's losing these middle-of-the-round fights and no longer even like a gatekeeper. Yeah. Yeah, and Alves, like I said, he looked pretty good, so... Yeah, he definitely belongs to welterweight. Uh, I don't think he should be cutting off No, not even close. I mean, give him a... Give him a fun fight. He can, I mean, he's. Not, I don't know if he's ever going to be a title challenger either, but... Yeah. He's, he's at least exciting, you know, and that, that yeah, counts like for something. Gunnar Nelson or something like that. Yeah, that would be fun. I'd like Gunnar to submit him in that. But yeah. Yeah. The welterweight is so deep. I mean, it's endless, endless possibilities there. Yeah. But uh, uh, I like the way Patrick Cote retired. You know, he threw his gloves down and gave a nice speech and whatnot. Yeah, and you could tell he was having fun during the fight, talking trash back and forth with, uh, with Alves smiling, having a good time. Yeah. Go out. You know, even if it's a loss, it was a fun fight. I think it won fight yeah. tonight, so. Did it nice. But yeah, the pay-per-view opener was Charles Oliveira up at lightweight after missing weight 25 times in the past 26 <laughs> fights. Uh, submitting Will Brooks in the first round, like, easily, too. It was, yeah. I was pretty surprised how easily this happened, because I, I picked Will Brooks to win. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, what was it, only like two two minutes, something like that. Yeah, two and a half minutes. Yep. Fucking, uh, yeah, he definitely cut right through him. I mean, Will, what a disappointment Will Brooks has been. Yeah, in the UFC, he won a lackluster decision against Ross Pearson, then got submitted by Alex Oliveira, and now gets ran through and submitted by Charles Oliveira, a yeah. former featherweight of all things. Right. I mean, it's not like he's a very small guy, but... Right. I think he's a natural lightweight, and he would do good to... Stay at this weight, but of course he immediately says, "I'm going back down to featherweight." Yeah, which why? Why? Right. You've lost to like the top four or five guys at the weight class, and you've literally missed weight four or five times. Yeah, it's crazy. And you it's look so tall. good. You look yeah. so good if lightweight. Why don't you give it a run? But we'll see. Tell hope, me how that makes sense. I hope the UFC would only offer him fights at lightweight, but right. they seem to be pushovers. So. Is he scared of bigger guys? 
Yeah, but it seems like he drains himself so much to try to get to featherweight that it doesn't really matter. Yeah, right. I mean, like, he's got great jiu-jitsu. It's not like he should be worried about being taken down and shit like that. Yeah. He could be... Just imagine him versus Tony Ferguson at lightweight. Like, right. That would be awesome. Hell yeah. All right, a couple of the prelims real quick. Miles Jury defeated Mike De La Tour by first round nice KO. Nice comeback. Yeah, nice comeback fight for him. He had lost two in a row. Uh, he dominated. He uh, was lighting him up, took him down, finished him. Piece of cake. Yeah. Great bounce back performance. Definitely. Kamaro Usman defeated Sean Strickland by unanimous decision. Very dominant performance. Almost like a coming out party. I mean, he just manhandled Strickland, who was a guy I like a lot, who I thought had real potential at welterweight, but Usman just threw him around, bashed him, hurt him so bad that he was scared to even throw exchanges. He was just surviving instead of fighting. And uh, yeah, even though he didn't get the finish, definitely. Yeah, I was going to say, it definitely didn't get a finish, but it's definitely domination. I mean, it was two 30-26s. Yeah, and it really, it's the 30-27 is a travesty. Yeah. I scored it a 30-25. I mean, it was... Wow. Yeah. He, he still has work to do with his stand-up and stuff like that, but he's got power and he's got great wrestling. Like I said, coming out party in a way. I think he's a legit prospect. Yeah. And certainly interested to see what's next for him. For sure. And the last fight of note for me, anyway, was uh, Magomed Bibilatov defeating Janelle Lauza by unanimous decision. This is a, a Russian's flyweight debut, another prospect to add to the ranks, which they need since they got rid of like three of the top ten fighters in that weight class. And he dominated this fight and looks like he could be a future title contender. Yeah, I didn't catch this one, but uh, I'll just take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, take my word for it. I, I, you can, I won't steer you wrong. <laughs> but uh, all right, let's take a glance at some Bellator stuff. Even though we didn't watch them, I guess we yeah, should take note. Uh, yeah, UFC 176. I like I mentioned, Rafael Carvalho defeated Melvin Manhoof by fourth round knockout in their rematch for the middleweight title. Um, I don't know how good Carvalho is, but the, the level. Well, what did you say about UFC 176? Bellator 176. Ah, oh, I thought you said UFC 176. Yeah, Carvalho, I don't know how good he is because the level of competition is just so poor in that weight class for Bellator. But Yeah. Uh, if they do get Misasi, that would be a fun fight, a test to see if he is any good. It's just like, I can't believe Melvin Manhoff's champion. I feel like he's been knocked out so many times. He's not the champion. <laughs> oh, he's not? No, he's been knocked out twice by the champion now. Oh. Carvalho. <laughs> So who, wait, who won? Rafael Carvalho. Beat who? Melvin Manoff. Oh, okay, God. Sorry, I'm confused. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking circles around you. I'm like yeah. uh, jabbing you left and right. <laughs> <laughs> but also, the week before, King Mo defeated Rampage Jackson via a lackluster unanimous decision. <laughs> this was a heavyweight fight where That's I think crazy. King Mo was like 210, 215, and Rampage was 253. That is crazy. I cannot believe he's gotten that big. More like Fat Page. Yeah, right. And you were, we were talking about this offline. Like, you are saying, I wonder what kind of shape he's going to be in. And my first reaction was like, not good. He's yeah. just put on 50 pounds and he's never been known to be a hard worker. Right. But then I started thinking about it. I'm like, 
Well, if he's really trying to transition to heavyweight to extend his career because it's such a you know thin division and this was the last fight of his contract, could be going back to the UFC. Like, it I was, definitely is going back to the UFC. He has to. I was trying to like spin it in a positive way, but then yeah. the actual fight he was gassed after around round <laughs> and a half, so I think he was just you know lazy. Oh, yeah. Sounds about right. And... We don't know how much his heart is even in it when he's making comments like, my my biggest regret's even getting into this sport in the first place. Yeah, right. Like, all right. <laughs> what would, how could, could you have been if uh, you actually did want to fight? Yeah. Um, I thought maybe he was just trying to, like, piss Bellator off and make them look bad because I think he was mad that he had to get finished his deal there before he had to come back to the UFC. True. It's all the court shit. But. True. Good point. It's crazy. Like, didn't the UFC take him to court when he went to Bellator first, and now Bellator took him to court when he tried to go back to the UFC? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's always a love-hate relationship with the old Paige. Right. He he loves you when he first signed that deal, and then a couple fights in, it's, I hate you, I need to get out of here. Right. Yeah. It's just crazy to me that 256 now, is he going to come back to the UFC as a heavyweight? Yeah, I think so. I think it would be... It's crazy. Well, again, light heavyweight is so thin. Maybe, maybe he could, you know, come back at two or five and make a little bit of a run. But I doubt it. Yeah, and I, I think either that. way, it's going to just be a name fight. Uh, hopefully, put on some entertaining old timer scraps. Yeah, I hope so. Also, Emmanuel Sanchez defeated former bantamweight champion Marcos Galval, who was making his featherweight. I don't know if it was debut, but return, whatever. He moved up and. Got beat pretty handily, it sounds like. So, yeah, don't know what to say there. But Emmanuel Sanchez could be a. I think he's on a bit of a streak. Could be in line for a title shot. Big deal. Speaking of big deal title shots, we had World Series of Fighting 35 with three title fights, and no Jesus. one, no one even knew it happened. <laughs> <laughs> you got Blagoy Ivanov defeating Sean Jordan by first round knockout for the heavyweight championship. Andre Harrison defeating Lance Palmer by unanimous decision to win the welterweight? Welterweight, yeah. Welterweight championship. And Bekbulat Makhmedov defeated Donovan Freilau by unanimous decision to win the vacant Bantamweight championship after Marlon Marais uh, gave it up. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, didn't, isn't... Uh... Gaethje, like a uh, free agent now too. Yeah, he's officially a free agent, so he'll either be Bellator or UFC bound, most likely. Yeah, I'm interested crazy. either way. Uh, UFC Fight Night 107, uh, the one in England that took place on Fight Pass. The aforementioned Jimmy Manoa defeated Corey Anderson by first round knockout. Uh, knocked him out cold. It was uh, pretty impressive. Second knockout in a row for Manoa. He also knocked out Irvin St. Preux last yeah. year. But then the fight before that, he got knocked out by Anthony Johnson. So clearly he's not as good as Johnson. And Cormier just kind of has easily beaten Johnson twice now. It's similar profile to Johnson, I think. Just maybe more technical striking, less power. I don't know. It's a good win for him here because Corey Anderson's actually a pretty decent prospect. But... I just I don't know. I think top five, six is the as high as Manoa could go. Yeah, um I mean at least he's getting a little bit of a push from the UFC now. It's this whole D C thing. Yeah, it's another 
you know British guy, they can they can push for those European cards, and yeah. I just don't see him beating anyone like Glover Teixeira, Alexander yeah. Gustafsson, anyone in that that upper tier. I agree. I think a Gustafsson fight would be good though. Yeah, that'll be fun. I think had they fought before. I, I don't think so, but you know it wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, that would be fun. But Gustafsson's fighting Glover Teixeira next oh, month. That's good one. Yeah, I don't know. Light heavyweight is just a mess. When is that fight? Uh, I think it's in May sometime. Oh, okay. It's in Switzerland, I want to say. Yeah, it's crazy. Light heavyweight used to be a very strong division, and it's teetered off. I mean, we'll get to it in our top five, but. Yeah, it was like the glamour division for the longest time, and now it's like barely holding on. Uh, Also on this card, we had Gunnar Nelson defeating Alan Joban by second round submission, and he really put it to him here, not just on the ground, but even on the feet. He was lighting him up with some strikes until he eventually got it where he needed to get it, and he decided decided to submit him instead of knock him out, he said, because he didn't want to mess up his pretty face. <laughs> yeah, I missed that one. It was like during the day. I'm yeah, it was a fight pass card in the middle of the day. So I, I caught the last two fights, but I caught up with some of the other ones as well. Yeah. Go watch the, the last two fights live, I should say. Uh, yeah. Both of these guys are pretty good. Welterweight's deep. Uh, Gunnar Nelson rebounds. I know he, he suffered a loss or two in the past year or so, the kind of lost some of his shine, but. He's still a good fighter. He's still, I mean, he's calm. He's, he's got great jiu-jitsu, even if Damian Maya schooled him. and yeah. Yeah, I think he's Most still got potential. For sure. Most importantly, he trains with Conor McGregor. Oh, yeah. That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> Just ask Artem Lobov, who's headlining a uh, card we'll talk about coming up. Yeah. <laughs> also, quickly on this card, Marlon Vera defeated Brad Pickett by third-round knockout in his retirement fight. Uh, really late replacement, like the week of or the week before the fight, and really ruins Brad Pickett's homecoming and uh, party. But what are you going to do? Brad Pickett falling off a cliff lately, so it is what it is. Yeah, it sucks because he got to head. Yeah, and he couldn't get the same shine that he gave Faber and go out on a win. Right. Arnold Allen defeated Makwan Amerkani by unanimous decision in a fight of the prospects, featherweight prospects. Uh, both both guys are pretty good, and it was a fun fight back and forth. And yeah, Arnold Allen got the nod. I I gave it to him as well on the rewatch, and yeah, it was a fun fight. I don't know, just guys to keep an eye on. Not really yeah. a whole lot else to say other than that. Close decision. Mm-hmm. Joseph Duffy. Defeated Rezi Mudadi. Oh, Reza Mudadi. Oh, I can't say it. Whatever. <laughs> In the last fight of his contract. Uh, yeah. So the last guy to beat Conor McGregor before Nate Diaz is kind of yeah. probably going well, to Bellator. <laughs> yeah. Probably Bellator bound because, I mean, they put him on the undercard of a fight pass event in the last fight of his deal against a guy he was clearly better than. So, yeah, I don't know. I hope he stays in the UFC because he's a pretty good fighter. I've never really cared for him too much. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan, but I think he is of the quality to be in the UFC, whereas there's like 200 people that aren't. So, you know, keep the good ones. Mark Diacasi 
defeated Timu Pakman by nasty, vicious first round KO to continue his his uh, prospect status and his rise up the rankings. <laughs> I think he's a guy that he's won like the first three fights in his UFC career, two by knockout, and he deserves a little step up, I think, in his next time out. Yeah. So moving on to UFC Fight Night 106 in Brazil, where Calvin Pothead Gastelum defeated Vitor Belfort by first round <laughs> knockout. I mean, this was predictable, right? I mean, this is yeah. what we thought. Vitor gave kind of a fight the first couple minutes, but then was overwhelmed since he's like 41 years old or something and and got knocked out yet again. Yeah, uh, uh, I didn't know that... Uh, Gaston was going to look so good at middleweight, but here he is. Yeah, man, he looks great at that weight class. I, I hope he stays there. I know they they booked him for a fight against Anderson Silva at UFC 212, which has been he's been pulled from because he tested positive for marijuana after this fight. Which I'm not sure. I don't think it's two years, right, for that. I hope not. I don't know. I'm hoping it's like a six month thing and. Yeah, when you said that to me, I was like, what do you mean he got pulled for marijuana? I'm thinking it was like a, just a random drug test. but Yeah, I don't uh, think they do it for out of competition, but... No. I but, mean, they, they uh, shouldn't do it at all. They shouldn't even test it at all because it's stupid, but... Yeah, well, A, they shouldn't test it at all, but also B, like, it's, a, it's like the fight night, I guess, drug test. I don't know if it was before or after the fight, but um, especially if it was after the fight. You shouldn't pull him from his next fight. Like, find him some money or something. Exactly, like. yeah. And it's like... And especially sorry. don't suspend him. Mm-hmm. I was listening to the co-main event podcast today, actually, and they were saying, like, would you, you know, suspend or find someone or even think low, lower of someone who just drank a beer the night before the fight? Like, you could he could have smoked weed two weeks ago, and it was just still lingering in his system. You know, I don't know. It's like a recreational thing that's not hurting anybody. I think it's dumb, but either way, he looked great in this fight. Just looked strong at middleweight, even though he might be a little bit smaller than his opponents here. He's yeah. definitely got the strength and uh, skills to hang. Yeah, I mean, marijuana is definitely not a performance enhancer by any means, so it's just silly. But yeah, Gaslam definitely looks at middle, good at middleweight. He's like got the nice bounce to his step, and his boxing looks good. and He's been rolling around his opponents. Yeah. And now Vitor Belfort might step in his place to fight Anderson Silva, which I actually would love to watch. Yeah. I'd love to see that rematch. <clears throat> and I would be rooting for the same result. Yeah. I, I would like to see his fight again just to see some old classic Anderson come out. Yeah, old-timers fight for sure. Senior yeah. tour. But also on this card, we had Shogun winning another fight. Man, the guy gets older, you think he's done, and... He's actually on a bit of a nice run here. I think it's like three or four or four or five maybe he's won. He yeah. defeats John Volante by third-round knockout in a fight that looked like Volante was going to win in the first round, round and a quarter, but then Shogun kind of just showed his veteran savvy and, and toughness and, and hung in there longer and was able to get the job done. Yeah, I like John Volante. But uh, I was definitely glad to see uh, Shogun come back and have a nice win. Yeah, I mean, Shogun, he's a guy, he's like a Dan Henderson type where it doesn't matter, win or loss, how many times, like how he's doing of of late. Like, he's a guy, I'll watch him fight. It doesn't matter. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I mean, it was like a nice back and forth fight. They both had their moments, but like you definitely said, he should he stuck around longer and was able to. Uh, uh, was it, it was early in the third round, right? Yeah, I think it was like a minute and a half or something into it. Yeah, yeah, he definitely uh, showed his veteran savvy, as you said. <laughs> yes, I did say that. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite fight of the night was Edson Bosa against Benil Dariush and Barbosa with knockout of the year candidate with a knockout of the century not even a flying knee just like a jumping standing knee like out of like lightning fast and powerful to just end Dariush's night (laughs) and this was a great fight back and forth up to this point I actually thought Dariush was winning at that point and man in a blink of an eye it was over and Barbosa, the guy just has a knack for the highlight reel. Absolutely, I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, I agree. I thought Darius was uh, winning the fight up to that point, but god damn, Barbosa can end the fight whenever he wants. Yeah. And I've heard rumor that if Nate Diaz won't take a interim title fight against Tony Ferguson, they're going to give it to Barbosa, even oh, though wow. even though Ferguson just beat Barbosa like two years ago. It was Barbosa's last loss, but. I mean, it's hard to deny he's been been great the last couple of years. Yeah, definitely. And I, I hope Nate takes it, but I don't know what's going on with those guys. Yeah, I doubt he will. As far as Darius, I, I wouldn't keep his – I wouldn't, uh, if I was him, keep my head down too much. He was winning that fight, and it was – I wouldn't say fluky, but a home run shot, you know. Yeah. And he's still a great fighter, 28-29 in a strong division. I think – he could easily climb his way back up, and if he got a rematch, he might win it. Yeah, I think he can definitely back uh, bounce back, but uh, I think he should definitely take some time to recover from that. Yeah, it's yeah, that was, that, was, that was vicious. Yeah. Definitely uh, take a rest, take a nap. Yeah. Uh, my fight of the night, as far as like actual fight, I said my fight of the night was Barbosa Darius in anticipation, but in practice, Ray Borg against Juicier Formiga was just a hell of a lot of fun. Grappling match, striking match. Uh, Borg wins a unanimous decision, and man, he's been really impressive lately. I thought uh, I didn't think Ray Borg was going to win this fight. I think up until like the third round, uh, but uh, it was a great fight back and forth. And uh, Borg missed weight the fight before this, right? Right against Luis Smoka, I think. Yeah, but still looked good in that fight and won, but. I think he cemented his place as like a top flyweight in this fight. Yeah, I think he's one win away. I mean, the division is so thin, it's not that surprising. But if he has another convincing win in his next time out, I think he deserves a title shot. Yeah, I agree. And I thought they were going to give him Joe Benavidez next, like, and the winner of that, you know, gets to fight DJ for his record-breaking, potentially, uh, title defense. But I think they gave Benavidez a... A different guy, and I, I can't remember who it was, but so I don't know what they're going to do with Borg next. But man, he's he's up there. He's he's close to a shot. Yeah, I agree. He's, he's vastly improved lately. Yeah, he's got to watch his weight. And Formiga, he's he he's not going anywhere. He'll still be top seven, top ten guy in the weight class. He's it was a close fight. It was competitive. He's a fun guy to watch. So I hope he sticks around. Hopefully they don't kick him to the curb as well. Yeah. I think he'll, he'll definitely hang around and be up towards like the top or middle maybe. Mm-hmm. 
Betch Kaheya versus Marion Renault ended in a draw. I think I called that. No, nobody called that. But <laughs> what did you think? Did you did you agree with it or? Yeah, I think that was like the best way to go. Um, they'll probably rematch. But didn't they just announce, or I think I saw something like Holly Holmes going to be fighting Betch yeah. next. Holly That's Holm it. versus Betch Cahilla is next. So I guess they're not going to do a rematch, which I yeah. thought they would have. But, yeah, I agree. I, I was fine with the draw. I don't think Betch Cahilla knew it was a draw because she started dancing like a crazy person. But, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a terrible fight. I mean, it was pretty competitive. But Yeah, it was. I mean, it was back and forth. I mean, um, I can't remember who won which round, but yeah, I can't remember either. It's like uh, four it was weeks like one apiece and then ten ten. I think for one of the rounds. Yeah, or ten eight and then ten nine ten nine. I I can't even remember. It was four weeks yeah. ago, but I do remember agreeing that yeah, that's probably right. Uh, Alex Oliveira defeated Tim Means by second round submission in their rematch after the no contest for illegal blow. Yeah, and. I was surprised. I thought Means was going to handle business, but Oliveira looked big and strong and and just like the better fighter. Yeah, I was definitely surprised. I, I kind of like Tim Means, but um, I don't know if it's I don't I don't know if I don't expect much from uh, Brazilian Cowboy, but uh, I guess just from like the Donald Cerrone fight where he kind of handily lost and some other fights, the Tim Means fight the first time around. Um, but yeah, I was really surprised that he was able to do that on the ground too. And Kevin Lee defeated Francisco Trinaldo by second round submission. I thought this was a really impressive submission here. He was getting beat. I thought he lost the first round soundly. Trinaldo had won like seven fights in a row, something stupid, um, and was looking good again with some powerful strikes. But then Kevin Lee was able to uh, transition, change the tide, win by submission in the second round, and he's entering the top 15 or so as far as lightweight and He's fighting Mike Chiesa, Michael Chiesa, coming up soon. So that'll be a big test for him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know much about him, but... uh, He's on a streak. Yeah, I'll definitely see what he's made out of fighting Chiesa. He always comes to fight. Yeah. And quick mention, Joe Soto defeated... Soda? Soto? Defeated Ronnie (laughs) Yaya by decision. That was like a, a fight that was changed by incidental headbutt. Seemed like Yaya was winning pretty good. Then there was a headbutt, and Soto was able to pull out the last two rounds. To win a decision. Yeah, he was, that was a bloody fight. Yeah, it was. Painted the canvas red. <laughs> yeah, that's all the stuff we need to talk about. Josh Berkman lost. Yeah, he needs to retire. North, South, dude. I feel like, joking. I don't see that very much. <laughs> yeah, I, he'll be cut. I think he retired and then said he might not retire even after that. So. Yeah, he like retired and then changed his mind or yeah, something. Yeah, <laughs> just retire, man. Right. Or go back to the World Series of Fighting and win that title back. Didn't he retire for a few years and come back already? <laughs> I feel like that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as news goes, I don't have a lot of it. I just forgot to write it down as the month was passing. But I do yeah. have the Bellator signings of Ryan Bader, Lorenz Larkin, and Michael McDonald all becoming official. Yeah, that was a big deal. I mean all in one month or so yeah and there might even have been another one that i'm forgetting but they're on a signing spree yeah open up definitely. the checkbooks that is um interesting i think it's like funny how it was not like this at all it was definitely all ufc and then that lawsuit talk all came about and then it's it's evened out heavily since then mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think it's more just like the UFC strategy of letting contracts run out and then negotiating and not yeah. really matching an offer if they don't think they deserve it, which I don't know. I don't know if I think that's a great strategy or not because, I mean, none of these guys are like, you know, potential champions that are going to hold the belt for a long time or huge draws, but they're still like solid top 10 top 15 at bare minimum fighters that you need to uh yeah, fighters that fill division. out cards I mean. yeah but anyway uh, i guess we haven't talked about bellator's pay-per-view coming up yeah in june which larkin is going to be fighting diego or not diego douglas lima for the welterweight title right away in his first match as part yeah. of the card um I think it's like a forty nine ninety five pay per view. Yeah, too much money. Uh, I'll catch it at the bar. Right. What other? I mean, there's some other fights on there. Matt Mitchell and Fedor and yeah, Fedor uh, versus Mitchell and finally going to try to make that happen. Uh, Chael Sonnen versus Vanderlei Silva is the main event, the yeah. one we've been dying to see. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, a terrible fight. You got Ryan Bader versus King Mo Lawal on the undercard on the free portion, which that's a fight that uh, I'm interested in. Yeah, it's a good idea to put it on there. Yeah, and I feel like, oh yeah, Michael Chandler versus some guy I've never heard of yeah, for right. the title. Which I mean, it's cool that Chandler's going to be on the card. Just wish it was against um, someone not named like Primus or whatever. Yeah. Um, God, I just have no hope of Chelsea. He just looks like a shell of his former self. You think Vanderlei could beat him? Yeah, I definitely think Vanderlei's going to beat him. Really? Yeah. I mean, he hasn't fought since 2013. I yeah, mean, well, what is, I mean, Chelsea looks awful. True, but I don't he know. He looks so frail know. and fragile. I just don't see how they can sell that as the main event after the Tito fight. Like, how is he going to be able to... It's the main event? Yeah, it's the main event. What? That's crazy. I mean, think of this card. If you want to be pessimistic about it. I th- if it was twenty five thirty bucks, I might actually consider buying it. But for fifty bucks, you're getting a fight: Chael Sonnen against Vanderlei Silva, a guy who just lost on free TV yeah. against an aging Tito Ortiz, fighting a guy who hasn't fought in four years. Lost in a terrible way, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it didn't look great. And the co-main event is a fight that you had scheduled for free TV, and only didn't happen because of. Kenny Stones is the last day of the fight. So now you're charging people to watch it. Yeah. You got Michael Chandler. Yeah, it's a title fight against a guy no one's ever heard of. I mean, the best fight on the card is Lima versus Larkin, in my opinion. Yeah. And then I think like one of their prospects is making his debut. Uh, Pico, I can't remember his first name. It's crazy that they don't put Michael Page on there. Yeah, yeah. I guess they're saving him for something else. But although he looks bad in his last fight, they should have moved Roy McDonald versus. Uh, What's his face? Um, uh, Paul Daly to, to yeah, this yeah. card, but yeah, I guess they had already announced it as main event, so it's a little, a little late for that. But what is that? Like a month after? I think it's before. Is it before I think it's after? in May, and then the pay per views in June. But I'm still interested to see how it turns out. It's cool. Yeah, I, I'm not opposed to them putting on pay per views every once in a while if they're going to keep continue to like sign new guys and stuff. So. Yeah, I'm definitely not against it, but, I mean, it's just weird how they go about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I guess it's a kind of a way they have to offset the price of, of signing these guys, in a way. Yeah. But, 
50 bucks is a lot of money. Yeah, I agree. Um, in other news, uh, I mean, I think we talked about it a little before, but the whole GSP fighting Michael Bisbang, did we talk about that? I can't remember, but let's I, – I think we have, but it's still There's some debate as when it's going to happen. And uh, Bisbang, he's – Threatening to take the yeah. shot away. Yeah, threatening to fight Romero instead, which as if – give me a break. Yeah, right. Yeah, like that's going to happen. Like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, that's so stupid. But uh, yeah, like that's hurting GSP. Get real. Yeah, he'll just go fight Conor McGregor in the fall. Or somebody. Yeah. Anybody. But, yeah, he's the money in that equation. Yep. <laughs> in exactly. any equation, but I mean, he's saying if he's not ready by July or fight in July, he's going to give it away to him. UFC have made like no plans to make Michael Bisping GSP on July. I don't think. No, I think it'll be. I think they want it to be August because if McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather happens September 16th, like is the rumor, you want people that. People aren't going to be buying. Yeah. You don't want to put a pay per view, big pay per view, anywhere near that. Yeah. At least. I don't, even, I don't even think August is good. I think, like. Uh, or maybe wait to November. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Could be. Oh, which I, mean, I, I would like to see it sooner rather than later, but business wise. You want to give a month radius on either side of that mega card. Yeah, I think maybe even like a month and a half. I mean, you got to put something on, but just don't use your biggest guns in that area. Yeah. And uh, they also had like the press conference, which I thought GSP looked a little better. I mean, Bisping was all right, but... He showed up late and drunk, right? Yeah, apparently. (laughs) It was pretty funny. Yeah, it was. It was all right. Some of it was a little cringy, but... Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, we're talking a lot about light heavyweight tonight. Let's talk about our top five of all time. Um, hold on, I mean, uh, a couple other things. News. Okay. I mean, we got, uh, <laughs> jump the gun, Uri- jump the gun. Uriah Faber announced his Hall of Fame inductee. Good call. For the modern era, which uh, I thought was very soon, but I mean, I guess I don't like, disagree with it. Yeah, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't mind. Uh, I think you have to include WEC as part of the UFC in a way because Zufa owned them for the long time. Yeah. And it's basically just they – the same exact fights, they just moved them over into the bigger cage, you know. Yeah, definitely. They didn't, like, change champions or anything. They just you know, dragged them over with it. So, yeah, I, I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's quick. He just retired, like, a couple months ago. But the guy Yeah, elect- like, I guess the they don't elect- have the criteria for you have to be out for a certain amount of time before you're in Hall of Famers. Yeah, I, I believe him when he says he's retired. I don't think he's going to come back. Yeah. So, I mean, he always could, but... It's yeah, we've fine. had Hall it's of fine. Famers fight. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, th- they don't really take the Hall of Fame too seriously in UFC. But maybe the new owners will. And, um, yeah, apparently, I'm happy to see Apparently they're building, like, a physical Hall of Fame. It's crazy that they didn't already have that. Yeah. <laughs> Should we transition to the top five now? Yeah. Um, right. Real quick, whatever happened with that whole, like, campus that the UFC was building? That ever happened? My guess is it hadn't happened yet. New owners came in trying to cut costs in every way, shut that shit right down. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably, but I thought they broke down and broke around in like 2014 or 2015. Turn it into a giant swimming pool. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> but yeah, go to the top five. All right, what is your thoughts? So this is a hard list for you to make. I mean, for me, uh, yeah, in, in a way, I mean, I feel like the top is pretty, um, pretty clear. My number one was clear. Other than that, I had a really hard time. 
Yeah, I agree. I had a hard time, like, ordering it and stuff, but, I mean, like, the contenders are kind of obvious. Although there's a lot where, like, you could be like, oh, man, should he be there or it's should he be there or there? Like, the top 12 or 13, I felt like, all had a legitimate stake to enter my top five. Yes, yeah, it's, it's tough to pick who should be where. so many different eras. I guess this is, like, one of the longest-running divisions, so it makes sense. And it was always some of the biggest names were from light heavyweight. So yeah, heavyweight a, slash light heavyweight. Like it was a little like weird in the early days with the weight classes. Mm-hmm. I had a hard time just because a lot of these guys have fought each other and they've either split or this guy's beat this guy, but then the other guy beat him. So it was really, really uh, tough for me. But let's yeah. see how we came up with this. What's your number five? Um, my number five is going to be like kind of a – Personal preference here, uh, Dan Henderson ah. putting him in there as uh, my number five light heavyweight of all time. It's one of my, he's is my favorite fighter of all time, and uh, he's had some great fights at light heavyweight. Of course, he was a middleweight for a long time, also. But, Showed up uh, on your middleweight list a couple months ago. Yeah, did he? I couldn't remember if I did. Yeah. Oh, maybe yeah. should have. Maybe he should have stuck to the middleweight, but he did fight for the title. He had the pride light heavyweight title. Um, he beat, I think it was Vanderlei for that one. I believe I so. could be wrong. But he had both the middleweight and light heavyweight pride titles when they got absorbed to the UFC. He fought Anderson Silva lost and then fight Rampage Jackson for the light heavyweight title or the other way around, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did fight for the title lost. He was supposed to fight John Jones for the title. Had to pull out two weeks out. We all know about that. Um, had two great fights against Shogun. Incredible fights, yeah. He's had some good fights in light heavyweight. Um, so like I said, it's more of a personal preference and a lot of people don't see it that way, but he's fought a lot of the who's who's and he's had some great memorable fights, like I said, and that's how he's made it to my number five. Yeah. He's an honorable mention for me. I think he definitely deserves a place in consideration for light heavyweight. He'd probably be like my number 10 or 11, yeah. but yeah, I mean, he's fought and fought well at both middleweight and light heavyweight and even didn't he have some heavyweight fights in there? So yeah, he fought uh, Fedor. Yeah, the guy's been all over the place. He's a legend, no doubt That's about fine. it. Uh, my number five is Rashad Evans. Okay. Who, this was tough for me because he's been on such a slide of late, but and he's still not that old. But in his prime of his prime, I mean, he was legitimately great. He won the title. He beat Leota Machida. And, right, is that right? Uh, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. That's wrong. He... Lost his title to Leonardo Machida. Yeah, 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 that was right. the beginning and the end of the the Machida era, I guess. Uh, he beat Forrest Griffin to win the title, which yeah. not the biggest opposition, but still did it. And in that era, leading up to and right around there, he was just tearing through people. This was before he uh, just stood there and jabbed and jabbed and jabbed and didn't do anything. He was actually using his wrestling, using his power. Just a great all-around fighter. Had some sick knockouts of, like, the guy, I can't remember his first name, but Salmon. Just one of the best knockouts you ever see. And yeah. The guy is super talented. Absolutely. That head kick was brutal. Yes. Uh, this is, like, where my list gets weird. It's number four-ish. Um, like, real tough to decide. And it's probably not in the right order, but my number four is going to be Daniel Cormier. Um, okay. He is our current light heavyweight champion. Um, the only person he's ever lost to is John Jones. He did have the first portion of his career at heavyweight and beat the who's who at heavyweight 
which definitely contributes to him making this part of my list because it's part of his career. But I mean, it is a light heavyweight list. But he has also beat a lot of great light heavyweights. Um, he's beat Dan Henderson. He's beat. Um, uh, why am I blanking right now? He's Anthony beat Alexander Gustafsson. Yeah, he's beat Anthony Johnson twice. Al- uh, Alexander Gustafsson. Anderson um, Silva. Anderson Silva. But uh, yeah, so uh, he's definitely a great fighter. I don't think he'll ever beat John Jones, but I think he'll beat anybody else. Agreed. My number four is the aforementioned Vanderlei Silva, who's going to be making his comeback in the main event of the Bellator pay-per-view. But yeah. he also just was had an incredible career, in Pride especially. Um, just fought the best of the best over there, beat most of them, rampaged twice. I think... I can't remember exactly who all he's beat, but I know he was... A like, lot of people. That's when he became the axe murderer over there. And even in UFC, I was looking at his record. I thought he was kind of like faded out like a crow cop in the UFC, but he actually had a lot of decent wins. Uh, Rich Franklin, Kung Lee. Again, these are guys towards the tail end of their careers, but he still went out and did the damn thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He's just... He's a guy that I don't know a ton about as far as personally watching him other than in his UFC days, but just from the highlights and the reputation, the guy uh, is was to be feared for a long time. Yeah, definitely. Um, my number three is, as much as it pains me to say this, because I fucking hate this guy, uh, it's Tito Ortiz. All right, all right. He is my number three light heavyweight of all time. He's got... 15 wins in the light heavyweight division. I think that's like one of the most of all time. Um, people like to say he's one of the greatest champions of all time, but I don't. <laughs> I don't <laughs> but, like to. Uh, I mean, he's beat Ken Shamrock, Ryan Bader, Forrest Griffin, beat Tor Belfour. I mean, he's beat a lot of people. Yeah. But um, then so. he's also lost like nine of his last 11 or something crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the end of his career. It fucking sucks. But it's a long end of his career. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true. Second <laughs> that's, half of his career. That's why he's only an honorable mention for me, but of course he's qualified. Yeah. Uh, my number three is another old uh, Bellator guy that we've been talking about this episode, Rampage Jackson. I mean, okay. the guy was great in pride. I think he had the championship at one point. Is that correct? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, then he came in. He won the UFC championship. He beat Chuck Liddell. I believe, to win that. He lost to Forrest Griffin the next time out, but that was kind of a bogus decision. As much as I loved that Griffin won and was rooting yeah. for him, I thought he won that fight, and he was clearly the better fighter. Uh, he's also, he went to Bellator, even at the tail end of his career, and won like four out of the five fights. Yeah. So he's he's had some disappointments, especially of late. Like He'll get lazy. Doesn't train as hard as he could, but... Comes in out of shape. In his prime, the guy was slamming people, knocking them out. Maybe it was steroids, but just was one of the most exciting names in the sport at, at a certain time. And Yeah, he lost to Vanderlei Silva twice, but he did eventually come back and knock him out in the third fight in their rivalry. And Again, these guys, it's so incestuous. These guys have all beat each other. And, yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know why, but... I guess because he still had success, like even at this t- and uh, at this stage of his career, I have him at number three. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I gotta agree with most of that. It was incredible. I mean, the way he would pick people up out of guard and slam them on the ground was just awesome. Um, yeah, he's, he looked great in pride. I mean, he looked all right in, in the beginning of his UFC career. Like, he had those title fights, beat Dan Henderson in a title fight. But, uh, yeah, definitely agree. But uh, my number two moving on is uh, going to be a legendary Iceman, Chuck Liddell. Yeah. He, he is uh, one of, like, the first, like, rock star stars in MMA and the UFC. I mean, Dana White loved him. He was his manager back in the day before UFC fame. Um, he's got, I mean, he's the light heavyweight champion. He's got all kinds of wins. He's got, like, ten knockouts in the light heavyweight division. He's got two separate seven-fight winning streaks. Um, he, uh, God, who has he beat? He's beat Vanderlei Silva, Tito Ortiz, Randy Couture, Vitor Belfort, Alistair Overeem. I mean, it's just crazy. He's got a lot of wins of pride, a lot of wins in the UFC, and his knockouts were exciting as hell. Uh, he's a fucking legend. Um, yeah. Nice. Uh, honorable mention for me. Didn't make my list. But he probably would have been number eight or nine on my list. Yeah. It's just so tough because, yeah. again, to tell him at the end of his career, he was just getting knocked out left and right. His chin went fast. I mean, he dropped off really quick. Some people Yeah, fade. I think he definitely stuck around for longer than he should have. He burnt out. Yeah, I mean, just look at him. He shakes. He's, you could tell he's got, like, Muhammad Ali syndrome going on. Oh, uh, yeah. But, Watching uh, him. Watching him watch a fight is crazy. It's like all over the place. Yeah, he's uh, yeah he he gets into it. Uh, I don't know if those movements are voluntary or involuntary, but <laughs> yeah, certainly interesting. I, and but yeah, he's had a great run, of course. But he was just so one-dimensional. You know, I mean, yeah. le- legendary, iconic for the time. He made it work for him, though. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. But as part of the, at once the sport evolved. He was kind of yeah, pushed to the side. My number two is someone you've already mentioned. It's Daniel Cormier. It might be a little soon to put him this high, but I just feel like if John Jones didn't exist, we'd be talking about Daniel Cormier as the best light heavyweight of all time. Uh, I think yeah. he would be to that point because I don't think anyone in that division is going to beat him. Yeah, I, got, I definitely agree on that. I think Gustafson, I mean, obviously that fight was close if they rematched could be yeah, close I think again. He could have a chance, definitely. But he's just so good, and I'm trying not to let the heavyweight stuff leak in. But the dude has even beat a who's who at heavyweight before he dropped down. The only reason he's not heavyweight champion is because his buddy Cain Velasquez was. So he beat Josh Barnett, Frank Mir, Roy Nelson. I mean Antonio Silva. Yeah. And that was before even like the prime of his career. So the guy is just. As much as he's unlikable as far as a personality or a fight style or whatever, like you got to respect him. He's clearly, he won the uh, Strike Force Heavyweight uh, Tournament. Didn't yeah, he? the Grand Prix. Yep. And, uh, yeah, he's just – he is probably the third or fourth best pound-for-pound pound in the sport today. And if it wasn't for John Jones, we might have a completely different opinion of him. Yeah. But that being said, our number one <laughs> – John Jones. Jonathan Jones, for sure. How can he not be? I mean, he is uh, pretty much all these champions that we've listed of his era he's beaten. <laughs> Shogun, yeah. I mean, Rich, um, Cheetah, Vitor. everybody. Daniel Cormier. 
everybody. Yeah, Gustafson. And when he fights these people, he fights them at their game. If he's fighting... Rampage, Rashad. Uh, yeah, if he's fighting Glover, he's in there dirty boxing with him. If he's fighting a wrestler, he's going to take him down. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, as far as, like, there's the big three, or four now, with Demetrius Johnson, where it's, like, legendary t- title defenses or winning streaks. You had Anderson Silva uh, beating chumps. I mean, Damian Maia is not a chump now, but that fight was a joke. Patrick Cote, Tali Slates, GSP, there were some bums in there, or at least some easier fights. Yeah. Same with Demetrius Johnson. But John Jones, man, he was going through guys who, if it wasn't for him, could he'd be the champion? Yeah, he'd like be the star. They were so like all these guys we've been talking about: Evans, Machida, Shogun, all of them. He ran through them roughshod, like it was nothing. Like yeah, like you crazy. said, fighting their game intentionally to prove a point and still getting the job done. Yeah, um, his only loss is disqualification, which is bullshit. But oh, um, yeah. I think like the closest he's come to losing is like the Gustafson fight and Vitor getting him in that arm bar, which yep. like looked rough and he still fought through it and then submitted Vitor. Yep. Um, and then with John Jones, it's always going to be, if he wasn't such a knucklehead, how, what heights could he have reached? I mean, it's insane. And he, he still could. Definitely, yeah. I mean, he definitely still could, but he's, I don't think he's going to like beat Anderson's or now DJ's record anymore. I mean, no. he definitely would have, in my opinion, if he didn't have to relinquish the title and shit. Yep. And, Not that I'm saying he shouldn't have had to, but and there's just like these gaps. There's always going to be these gaps now in his career where he could have been getting fights in and building that resume. I mean, he's still yeah. only what 29, 30 years old. So, yeah. and I, I do, I still think he could end up being the best heavyweight of all time. He still has that chance, yeah, and that yeah. potential because he's going to move up there relatively soon. And I have a feeling he's going to be doing very similar things to the heavyweight division. I'm still not even 100% convinced that he will move up, but I guess he will. But um, I something interesting the other day, he did that press conference at 2.10, which I was surprised they let him do. But um, a reporter was asking a question, basically like uh, relating his situation to Muhammad Ali, how he had to like sit out a few years because of his draft dodging or whatever. He had to go to jail or whatever. He couldn't box in like the prime of his career for a couple of years. And a reporter was like, Muhammad Ali sat out for a few years, started out and came back and I just thought it was so weird and like that he was <laughs> comparing his situation to Muhammad Ali. Yeah. <laughs> like John Jones is completely self-made and I mean by the fault of his own actions and right, right. inability to have any self-control and whatnot. And I mean Muhammad Ali was a fucking civil rights fucking leader. I mean yeah. it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, there's that's insulting as hell. <laughs> yeah. Like this is, John Jones is Sniffing cocaine, doing steroids, Fucking getting in accidents DUI. with uh, pregnant women. In the middle of the day. Yeah, that's a little bit different. Yeah, it was just it was so weird. I mean, I, I clearly the reporter was like trying to just stretch for a story or something, but it was just, I thought it just irked the shit out of me. Yeah. I hope John Jones could ever get his shit together, but I don't even I'm, think I don't know if he ever will. I don't think he's changed one bit. Yeah, I don't think so either. When you hear him talk and shit, and like especially at the Joe Rogan podcast and like his interviews he's done with Ariel, it's so fake and mm-hmm. like, you can tell he still doesn't think he's really done anything wrong or any like has any or he can get away with anything. And yeah, even the steroids, yeah. he got it reduced to one year. And, yeah, and uh, like he was talking with Ariel, and it's just like cocaine's not my thing, man. I was addicted to marijuana. 
Da 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 da. Like, get fucking real. Like, what a fucking crock of shit. Yeah, hundred percent. But he's so good. I just want to watch him fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. Don't really give a shit what he does as long as he's not fucking killing people or whatever. Right, right, yeah. I mean, at some point he's got to be fucking held responsible and he's got to get his shit together or something. Yeah. As long as you're not war machine or abusing women or anything like that. Like, I don't care if you're a good person, bad person. When I'm watching you fight, I just want to watch you fight. Yeah. But any honorable mentions? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think here if I was like, I'm t- I'll uh, shoot mine off real quick. Okay. I got Shogun Hua. Leo, yeah, me too. Leota Machida. Randy Couture, of course. But he's more, I think of him more uh, pound for pound like a, in the heavyweight division. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, and Dan Henderson. Okay. Uh, yeah, I got like Leota, Rashad, um... Forrest Griffin, uh, Randy Gator, like you said, Frank Shamrock, I don't know, uh, what's one more here, I guess Vitor Belfort. Yeah, again, we didn't have much overlap, and we named like 15 different people, so. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It's pretty good. All right, well, let's look ahead to the cards coming up this wow. weekend, just this weekend. We have a pretty awesome card on uh, Big Fox with Demetrius Johnson trying to tie the record for most title defenses in a row against Wilson Hayes, who's finally getting his shot after he had to be, or the fight was canceled at UFC 201 last July. Um, what do you think? Was this, uh, what do you think about this being on Fox, a title, title fight? And uh, I think it's like? par for the course. I mean, they put DJ on like these Fox-type cards a lot. Um, I think his titles are pretty perfect for the Fox cards and um, I think like the strategy has been like try to get DJ's fan base boosted although it hasn't really worked I don't know why I think his fights are awesome he's a fun fighter to watch so quick entertaining and he's even been finishing guys lately so yeah I mean I think he's finished people a lot I mean he's knocked out beat uh, Joe Benavidez Cejudo uh, Cejudo yeah I mean but uh, yeah I mean I think it's a great idea to put him on Fox like Glad they put this fight on. I, I called for this fight to be put on after DJ dropped out of the last one. I mean, Wilson Heiss isn't like a very well-known name, and I have to admit I didn't really know who he was before the first time it was announced. But since then, looking him up, apparently he's got great jiu-jitsu, and I don't know, maybe he's, maybe that'll be a factor. Uh, don't. I don't think it will be, but he, I think he deserves a shot. I mean, why not? He, he was going to get it anyway, and he yeah. has since won a fight in the meantime, so... Yeah, it makes sense to get Demetrius a fight while they continue to try to find a like legitimate contender for him. Yeah, I mean, it's get him a fight, and I mean, he want, he's working towards this record. That's his goal, and so let's keep doing that. Yeah, let him work towards it. I mean, it's not going to be an easy fight. I just think he's better in every area than Hayes. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, and but, I, I love that it's on Fox. I, I love when they put title fights. Well, in Fox, I hope I wish they would do it more often. I actually, yeah. what I'm hoping for with the new uh, TV contract that's coming up in a year or so, year or two, I'm hoping, and I, I doubt this will ever be the case, but I would love it if they got enough money from either ESPN, Fox, whoever, to like really focus on like like every sport in the world, baseball, football, all the Brand. big games, put it on. T 
TV where everyone can watch it. Like, yeah, I would Even love title fights and yeah, I would love to see the pay per views that we get now be the Fox cards and do like I don't know eight of them a year, and then do four like super cards that are pay per view a year where you can really yeah. stack them up and everything else. Just have them be like loaded up free cards. Yeah. But anyway. I mean, yeah, um, in a perfect world, I guess that would be. I think eventually that's going to have to be the way. I don't think pay-per-view will ever go the way completely, but as a sport gets more popular, if it does. Yeah. I mean, um, if it's going to ever be on the same level as these big leagues, it needs the giant TV contracts. And I don't think yeah. they're going to get that kind of contract unless they can guarantee they're going to put on like legit awesome cards and fights. Yeah, I think that kind of goes hand in hand where they need a lot of money to be able to do that and they have to do that to get a lot of money. Right. It's like um, chicken or the egg, what who's going to blink first? Yeah, and but I just I don't know if their business model right now if they can get rid of pay-per-views like the WWE did or I don't know how the WWE did that, but um I don't know if the the business model for the UFC will let them do that. They need those 12 or 13 pay-per-views a year to make their money or whatever but uh, right for now yeah it's it's interesting the sport is still young as far as sports go and yeah we'll see a lot of evolution who knows what's going to happen but yeah the fight itself i think demetrius will either win a unanimous decision or get a late you know either tko or submission stoppage but i think it should be a fun fight while it lasts yeah yeah i agree i think tj's gonna score co-main event Rose Namajunas against Michelle Waterson. And what, what a good fight. What an awesome fight. Uh, women's strawweight is just clear head and shoulders above the best women's division right now. And Absolutely. This should be for the next title challenger, I would imagine, after Yanjechik and uh, Andrade throw down. Yeah, uh, definitely. Next month. And what a, just a really, really great fight here. I, I It's a toss-up in my mind. I... I'm leaning Rose. I just think she's younger, more room to grow in between fights. She's got good striking, good jiu-jitsu, but Michelle Watterson is a savvy veteran, even if she's not old. But And the way she looked against Paige Van Zandt was just tremendous. So I'm sure. leaning Rose by like a late submission, but I would not be shocked no matter what happened here. Yeah, I mean, I just, man, this is a great fight. This is literally like quintessential perfect like women's fight here mm-hmm. um i see i'm leaning towards waterson here like you said she looked incredible against uh, uh page but rose always looks great she looked great against page she's looked great in all of her fights recently um well she lost recently to carolina kovalkovich but yeah but we saw how terrible. good she is yeah yeah but um uh yeah i think waterson's gonna win here i think um She's just going to overwhelm Rose a little bit, but uh, I definitely could see how Rose could win this fight. She's she's gritty. She's got a lot of heart and uh, definitely not going to be easy to win. She, I don't think she's Watterson's going to run through her like she did Paige by any means, but I think Watterson's going to be able to pull it off probably by like decision. Yeah, this is the fight I'm most looking forward to, actually. Yeah, definitely. And there are some pretty good fights on here, but that is just like perfect matchmaking. Definitely. Next up, we got Ronaldo Jacare Souza against Robert Whitaker, which is another just tremendous fight. Yeah. Uh, Jacare, after getting the Luke Rockhold rematch pulled from him, went on to easily handle Tim Boach, 
and again, I think he wanted to fight either Luke Rockhold or um, I can't remember the other name, but or Yoel Romero on this yeah. card. But instead, they offered him Whitaker, and he said, "Fine, I guess if I have to fight Whitaker, I'll fight Whitaker." But Whitaker's no slouch himself, coming off the Derek Brunson knockout, which was maybe when he looked his best. He's young, uh, rising, got great stand-up. It's going to be a matter of can he keep the fight standing, I think, as far as if he can win or not. Yeah, definitely. He's got great boxing. Definitely has to be looking to keep it standing. Uh, Whitaker, like you said, is definitely no slouch. He's a great fighter, and it's not like on a losing streak or anything, but it's been a little bit of weird matchmaking for uh, Jack Ray. I mean, he's yeah. like a top, if not number one contender, and they just keep matchmaking him in middle-ish matches. And yeah. It's, it's, really, it's weird. I think he wants to stay busy, and he's yeah. just willing to accept something to get paid, keep fresh, you know, keep improving, yeah. I guess. You know, even though he's in his older ages, he's always looking better and better. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe I'm, we're just not used to seeing it like this, where fighters just want to keep taking fights. Yeah, it's I don't just, mind it, actually. Yeah, I, I don't either. It's just, it's just like, caught me off guard, I guess. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, I think Whitaker's definitely going to look to keep this fight standing. He's got to, in my mind. I mean, I don't think he's going to compete with Jack no, Ray on the no, ground no, at no. all. Not even close. <clears throat> However, I don't know. I mean, I think Jack Ray can compete on the feet with Whitaker a little bit, but we have seen him get rocked on the feet and stumbled. Yep. I can't remember which fight that was that he lost. What was that fight he lost recently? Kind of recently. Who's that? Uh, Jack Ray. Let me look it up. He, um, I. It was, it was, I think it was like UFC. Was it Yoel Romero? Well, he lost a uh, split decision there. Yeah, but he got like rocked in that fight, didn't he? Yeah, he might have in the first round and then he kind of <clears throat> got his bearings back. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, that's just my point. I think Whitaker could do that to him, and I think that's the danger here for Jack Ray in this fight. And Musasi knocked him out uh, back in 2000, 2008 at Dream. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, players, I think Whitaker's going to win this fight, actually, but a little bit of an upset. I wow. like him a lot. His boxing is solid. I mean, he survived that onslaught that uh, Brunson tried to put on him. Yeah. And then came back and knocked him out. But as long as he can keep it standing or maybe fight off the ground game a little bit. But I think he's going to win it by uh, TKO. A little bit of an upset? I'd say that's a hell of an upset. If, you, <laughs> if you're confident, put some money on that shit. Cause, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Whitaker a lot. Uh, I've always been a big fan of him, even when he was won the uh, season of Ultimate Fighter Australia or whatever the hell it was. Um, I think he's got great potential. I just don't think this is going to be – when he uh, lives up to it just yet. Yeah. I think Jock yeah. Ray, I think he might face some adversity in the first round, but I think once you get into the second, third rounds, one of those rounds, he's going to find a way to get to the ground, and once it's there, it's over. It's going to be like Damian Maya. You know, if, if you get it to yeah. the ground, it's going to be hard to stop him. He's either going to TKO you or submit you any way he wants. And this is the last fight of his contract. Again, he's a free oh, wow. agent after this fight. Uh, I think he wants to prove a point, be dominant yet again, and say, pay me. You know, they yeah, can't that's lose a very everybody. Point, a very strong possibility. Yeah, so. Man, it would really shoot Whitaker up if he could win this fight, though. So. Yeah, it would. That would be great for his career, no doubt about yeah, that. Probably fuck Jack Ryan. <laughs> yeah, then, yeah, I don't know what would happen, but we shall see. I'm interested to see what happens. The first fight on this main card is Jeremy Stevens versus Renato 
Moicano. Let me ask you this real quick. Do you think Suze is definitely going to resign? Yeah, I do, actually. Yeah. I don't think he's a guy that uh, – he wants that title. Yeah, I agree. But I think he deserves to look at free agency as an option to try to make sure he gets paid too. Yeah, I think he should definitely try to get a value put on himself because it's probably pretty high at this point. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Jeremy Stevens is fighting, uh, coming back down off a couple losses to uh, Frankie Edgar and Max Holloway, two out of his last three. He's getting a little bit of a gimme, I would imagine. Moicano is a guy who I don't really know much about. I know he's 2-0 in the UFC, but not against much competition. It's a huge step up for him. Yeah. Steven's got that power. I'm just imagining him knocking uh, Moicano out in the first round. Yeah, uh, Jeremy Steven's been talking a lot of shit and not backing it up at all. <laughs> um, not surprised. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But, yeah, this guy, Mike, I don't know how you even say it, Moicano. He's coming from jungle fights and down in Brazil. Um, he's never lost. He's undefeated. He's 10-0 and 1. He's got a draw on his record, but uh, I don't recognize any of the names. But Was he like on the Ultimate Fighter Brazil or something? It doesn't say it here, no. Okay. Uh, yeah, no. Not on the Ultimate Fighter. Okay. But, uh, yeah, his record's not very impressive at all. I think this is a bit of a gimme for Stevens and a test for Mike Kano. But um, I think Stevens is going to win it by uh, probably a boring decision. Yeah, okay. I think he'll get to knockout, but yeah, either way I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like Moicano must at least like to throw down or something if they're putting this as the curtain jerker for the Fox card. That's true. Hopefully it's entertaining at the very least. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of other fights in here. I'll just quickly mention a couple of note. Roy Nelson's fighting. Yeah. Roy Nelson. Roy Nelson on the undercard against Alexander Volkov. Uh, I don't. I hate Roy Nelson. It's to <laughs> that point. Really? It's slowly like my interest in him is slowly eroded over time, and I just yeah. think he's a joke now. I actually think Volkov will win a decision here. That, that's possible. Where does he come from? He was he in Bellator. Bellator. Yep. Oh, okay. Um, I don't despise Roy Nelson. He's tough as fucking hell. Um, I mean, he's fat as shit, too, but he's tough as hell. Um, so I'm going to go with him by knockout with one of those big old overhands. Yeah, I just don't know. When's the last time he really showed that? Uh, it's been forever. Well, yeah, he knocked out uh, Antonio Silva in September, so I guess that's uh, Maybe not that long. <laughs> but before that, <laughs> it had been a while. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm rooting for Volkov, and I actually think he'll win. Uh, real quick, there's a hot shot prospect at Bantamweight making his UFC debut on this card. Tom, I don't know how to say it, Dekesnoy. That's um, probably not it, but I mean, he, apparently he's like the real deal, like should shoot up the rankings very quickly. He's debuting against Patrick Williams, so I want to keep my own eye on that. Who's Patrick Williams? Is he a wrestler? Is he an Olympic wrestler? <sighs> I don't know. I don't think so. I think this is... no Wikipedia page on this. Probably not. He's had one, three fights in the past four years. And uh, he's two and one against no one you've really heard of too much. So They're, they're giving uh, Dekesnoy a nice you know platform to style in his yeah. debut. Uh, we got Tim Elliott versus Luis Smoka. Yeah, that's a flyweight. I thought Tim Elliott said he was done. Uh, yeah, I thought the same thing. I guess maybe uh, just like... Uh, when you drink too much one night and the next day you're like never drinking again 
Yeah, that, yeah. that weight cut must have been so tough. He's like, I'm never fighting at flyweight again, but here you yeah. go. Two weeks later, you're <laughs> someone says you want to go out. You're like, yeah, I'm going to go drink. Yeah, so. right. Aljamain Sterling versus Augusto Mendes on Fight Pass. Yeah, Sterling coming off back-to-back losses after signing his new deal. Desperately needs a win. And I think, I think he'll get it. I think it'll be a safe, boring decision. But he's got to be careful because Mendes is a pretty good uh, jiu-jitsu guy. Yeah, um, so. that would be devastating if he lost that fight. Oh, yeah. He might even be cut if that happens. So How crazy would that be? That would be insane. Two fights ago, he's talking about this big deal. He wants to sign and all this shit. <laughs> now he's looking at leaving. Yep. Could be Bellator Bound after all. We will see. I, I, I think he'll win, and I hope he does. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the card. UFC Fight Night 108 in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, April, April 22nd, next weekend. As I mentioned, headlined by the great Artem Lobov, 13-12-1 against Cub Swanson. I can't believe this fight is even in place He's 13, at all. 13 13-12-1? Yes. Holy shit. And in the UFC, he is 2-2. Two and two. Won two in a row, at least, but against not the greatest of competition. Oh, terrible Meanwhile, Cub Swanson coming off an incredible... Uh, Performance against Duho Choi in like fight of the year from last year. Yeah. Uh, knocking on the door of a title shot and he fights Artem freaking Lobov <laughs> in a main event. Like it's insane. I had just imagined Swanson walking right through him. Who came up with this? Yeah, That's this, this must fired. have been when they were desperate just to fill out a card. I don't know. Is yeah, this I mean, would would Joe Silva have made this fight? Yeah, fucking goddamn no. Yeah, I, well, I mean it would have been what's his face, but because um, he does the lower divisions. But, oh yeah, Sean Shelby. Yeah, but even him, I don't think he would have. Although he probably did make it. <laughs> but, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I think Swanson's is going to fucking destroy Artem Lobov. I mean, Lobov is one of the worst fighters I've ever seen in the UFC. I mean, his fights are fucking embarrassing. I mean, he, he wings. When he got put into the tough final in that fight against Ryan Hall, oh my God, it was terrible. Yeah, and then he got manhandled easily. Yeah. Yeah, Swanson should win this fight, and I thought he was going to get a decent, like, I don't know who, but fight against someone and be in line for a title shot, even if he beats Lobov. I mean, maybe it just keeps him busy, and he could eventually get a title shot. I don't know, but whatever. (sighs) Yeah, I mean, I, if I was Swanson, I wouldn't want this fight. I mean, it is kind of a gimme, but, I mean, what does it do for you? And it's mm-hmm. just like, it's like he's no, been around for a while. It's not like a spring chicken, I mean. Yeah, you win, and no one cares because that's what they expected. You lose, it's like a huge upset and really hurts you. <laughs> yeah, there's so, no upside. But actually, as, as much as the main event kind of sucks, it's a pretty deep card, actually. Yeah, it is. Some decent fights, so... We got Ally Quinta making his return after his little hiatus dispute with the UFC against Diego Sanchez, some young up and comer yeah. I've never heard of. But right. no, Diego. Yeah, real, <laughs> real estate business might, must not have been good for Ally Quinta. Yeah, he must not have been selling too many houses. <laughs> uh, yeah, Diego coming off his win against Marcin Held, derailing that hype train. Yeah. Then he lost to Joe Lozon before that. He's kind of back and forth. I thought he should have retired like three years ago, but here he is, <laughs> still coming out. You know he's at least going to be relentless and not quit, have a good chin. 
But she, now, I don't know about that. Joe Lozon fight. True, true. That kind of changed the equation a little bit. But yeah. uh, if Ally Akinta is the same guy he was before he left, I mean, he hasn't fought since April 2015, so going to be over two years when he actually beat Jorge Masvidal by a split decision. He's uh, won four in a row, including three by knockout, including Joe Lozon, Ross Pearson. So, and he's beaten Kevin Lee, who we just talked about. Like the guy was good when he was active. Yeah. As long as he's still the same fighter and doesn't have too much ring rust, I think he should be able to take care of business here. Yeah, I agree. His stuff. He was uh, coming up in the lightweight division before he took that little break there. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't disagree with him taking the break. I thought he was getting kind of fucked by the UFC, but. Um, we won't get into that now, but yeah, he was a good fighter. Um, I think he will come back, and I just don't know if Diego Sanchez has still got it to have like a war with somebody like Ally Quint. I yeah. think he's really tough, and it's not somebody that Sanchez is going to wear down quicker than he's going to wear down. So I, agree. I think I think Ally Quint will like TKO him, wear him down, TKO him, or something like that. Nice, I agree. All right, next up we got Marcos Rogerio de Lima fighting Ovin St. Preux, who's coming off three losses in a row, including back... Or no, he lost split decision in his last fight, but he got knocked out by Jimmy Manuel and, of course, lost to John Jones. He's actually lost four of his last five. Meanwhile, Rogerio de Lima is... He knocked out Jeremy Kimball in his last fight in January and has won two of his last three... Uh, guy's got serious power, and I think he's going to catch St. Preux because I th- I don't know why, but OSP is just like look like garbage of late. Yeah, I'm actually going to uh, predict him to lose yet again. Yeah, uh, it kind of sucks because I mean he didn't look terrible in the John Jones fight, and they kind of like hyped him up because of that or whatever, but hasn't really done anything with it and has not looked good. Um, I think he's kind of on the downside of his career. I don't know. How long it'll be around? Maybe I'll go to Bellator or something and make some money there. But um, I don't think you're too far off with predicting him to lose. Um, I don't know much about the Lima, so I'm gonna say OSP beats him by decision. But uh, I think I don't really know what's gonna happen. Yeah. All right, John Dodson coming off his loss in an epic fight against John Lineker is fighting Eddie Wineland, a guy who. Has had success and then fell off and then seems to be on the come up again. Uh, both guys have knockout power. Who do you like? Um, well, I, don't, I don't really know. Um, John Dodson is. I'm, I'm going to take Eddie Wilde on this one. Oh wow! Okay, that'd be an upset. upset. Yeah. yeah, I like Dodson here. I just think he's quicker, more active. He does have his moments where he kind of just doesn't throw and he can really cost him rounds, but. I think he'll take care of business. Yeah, he does. Does Eddie Wineland kind of just plots along? It is mm-hmm. kind of disadvantage. But all right, let's get into a little bit of lightning round. All right. Joe Lozon versus Stevie Ray, up and comer, who just recently beat Ross Pearson in England. Uh, sure. Uh, um, Joe Lozon. <laughs> Actually, I'll go Stevie Ray here in an upset with the prospect moving on up. Jake Ellenberger versus Mike Perry. Two guys with just big, stupid power throwing bombs <laughs> at Perry. each other. I agree. I hate the guy, but Jake Ellenberger, has, he's been shot for in a while. He did win a fight or two here. He beat uh, Matt Brown, but I agree. Perry will take care of business. Sam Alvey versus Talis Leites. 
Uh, same Alby. Yeah, I agree. I think he'll continue his little streak he's got going on here. All right. Um, Brandon Moreno, Dustin Ortiz. Very good flyweight scrap. Brandon Moreno on the come up. Yeah, uh, Dustin uh, hell? Ortiz? Yeah, Dustin Ortiz. Uh, I'll say Dustin Poirier. <laughs> yeah, now he'd be big for the weight class. Uh, I like Moreno. I think he'll continue. Um, and I guess that's about it. So moving on to the big one. The fight card that should save us from the dreadful 2017 that we've had so far. UFC 211, American Airlines Center, Dallas, Texas. This oh, wow. fight card is stacked. It might not have the, you know, McGregor, Ronda, big time, like, main event. But it's six, seven deep with some awesome, awesome fights. Yeah. Now, main event is Stipe Miocic defending his heavyweight title against Junior Dos Santos. Of course, they had fought before on Fox in an awesome, awesome back and forth five round fight that went to decision that JDS actually got the nod to. But both of their careers have gone in opposite directions since then. Yeah. And uh, what do you think? Uh, well, um, yeah, JDS did win the first fight, but uh, it was close. Been dras- it was definitely close, but it's been drastically different since then. Stipe has looked awesome. I think he's won every fight since then, and of course, he's the champion now. Yeah. So, um, uh, JDS was. I mean, he's had some fights since then. That, like he beat Overeem, and no, he lost Overeem. Oh, he lost Overeem. Um, then he came back and beat Ben Rothwell in yeah, last so. April. So. But um, I think Stipe is just on a hell of a run, and this boxing is awesome. Um, I just I think Junior Dos Santos is getting a bit shop worn, and um, don't know if he's going to be able to hang with Stipe's boxing. So I'm going to go Stipe by TKO. I could see it. Um, I, JDS has had a few fights scheduled that have been like yanked from him at the last second, like Stefan Shrove. He was supposed to fight, and he he had to pull out. I, and I actually think that's a good thing for his chances here because he hasn't fought in over a year once this goes down. The shop wornness that you're saying, maybe that time off will help in that regard. I don't know if that's how it works or not, but yeah. it certainly can hurt the time off. And I don't know. I I think it's going to be pretty close and competitive, actually. I think it might be pretty similar to the first fight. But I think Stipe has made advancements in his game, whereas Junior might be slipping a little. I think it's going to be a relatively close, maybe 49, 46, 48, 47 decision for the champion. Stipe. Yeah. But I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be good. Uh, no one's going to be going for takedowns, I don't think, in this one. Yeah. But co-main event, women's strawweight, that division we were talking about, Ioana Jacek defends her belt against Jessica Andrade, who dropped down all the way down from 135 and has won three in a row at the at the 115 weight class against Jessica Penne, Joanne Calderwood, and Angela Hill, and she's looked great the whole way against pretty decent competition. She's like a, almost like John Lineker of the women's division. She just moves forward and throws bombs, and uh, it'll be an interesting test for Joanna Champion. What do you think? Yeah, um, I don't know. I just don't think Joanna uh, hangs around to get caught by those types of attacks. Like her, her movement, her boxing is just pretty stellar. Um, so I think she's going to use that to outmaneuver her and to outpoint her, outpunch her. 
and win a dominant decision. Yeah. I don't know how dominant it will be, but I, I tend to agree with you. Joanna is my girl, lover, one of my favorite fighters in the sport. And I do think Andrade might be her toughest test to date just because of the way she just moves forward and she will relentlessly come at you. And I, But I do think Injacic's just going to move, jab, move, jab, just really piece her up a little bit. But yeah. it's not impossible that she could get caught by something. And Andrade has pretty good power. But Injacic has been caught before and recovered nicely. So I, I have to favor Injacic. I think she'll win a unanimous decision. But I think it'll be uh, interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, definitely. It'll probably be a good fight. Yeah, I think so. Third from the top, Damian Maya. Didn't get his title shot. Instead, he's fighting Jorge Masvidal in a fight that doesn't make a ton of sense on paper. But I still am excited to see it because Masvidal, he's on a roll. He's won three in a row. He knocked out Jake Ellenberger and Donald Cerrone back-to-back. He's a guy that's got crisp boxing, decent takedown defense, decent wrestler. But I got to think, I mean, Damian Maya has been just on such a roll lately, and for good reason. He just easily submitted Carlos Condit his last time out in August. He beat Matt Brown by submission, schooled Gunnar Nelson on the ground, Magny by submission, beat up Lorian LaFlair, Alexander Yakulov. I mean, he's won six in a row. Yeah. You couldn't argue if he got the title shot, and I think – He's going to submit Masvidal here, first or second round, and cement his title shot against Tyron Woodley come August or September. Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you said there. I mean, I was surprised Masvidal got this fight, but I guess it was, I mean, he won the Cerrone fight, and I guess it was a nice step up for him, so he got this fight. But uh, I agree that Maya's is going to school and probably going to take him right down, control the shit out of him, get the body lock on the back. And probably rear naked choking like he has everybody else. And uh, like I said, I think it's going to be quick also. Probably first round, but maybe second. Yeah. And, and it, I think he'll also get the title shot too if they stop dicking him around. Yeah. Bare minimum, he'll do a John Fitch where he just controls him at will on the ground <laughs> for three rounds. Yeah. But if Masvidal can somehow – I mean, he it's not an easy fight. I mean, that's not a gimme, I don't think, because Masvidal is a tough guy. But – if, if Masvidal could pull the upset, man, huge for his career. Yeah, Just going to be tough to see that happen. Yeah. We got Frankie Edgar next against Yair Rodriguez in my most – this is the fight I want to see the most on this card. Yeah, what a great – I think it's a great matchup. Great, great fight. I love both guys. Obviously, Frankie is both <clears throat> of our – like one of our favorite fighters. Just yeah. relentless. Uh, can't believe he's still fighting at 145. I thought for sure he would have dropped down to bantamweight by now, but I guess he wants to wait and see what happens with the featherweight title first. And I'm actually surprised they gave him Yair, who this is a huge jump up for him. I mean, yeah, he's looked great and he's been exciting as hell, and he just ended BJ Penn's career, but not really <laughs> again. And uh, yeah, I don't know, but he's got the style, he's got the strikes, the flash, but. Frank Yeager is just so fundamentally sound, does what he does. I don't know. I'm kind of iffy on this. What, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, Yair's so good. I mean, he dominated BJ Penn, but who didn't see that coming? Right. So did Frank Yeager. I mean, yeah. But um, I think, like you said, Frank Yeager's just too 
sound of a fighter. And I mean, you can pretty much guarantee what Frank Yeager's going to come out and do every single time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to look great, and he's going to, you know, be tough to dominate. He's probably going to dominate himself. His movement's awesome. Awesome. His boxing is just as good. I mean, his head movement's good. His dodging punch is good. I mean, he doesn't get put up against the fence or anything. So. I don't know. I think Frankie's going to be too good for him. Um, just too sound of a game plan, and he's just right there all the time. Um, I think he's going to overwhelm Yair and win the dominant decision, 30-27. Yeah, I could see it, and actually that might ultimately be what I pick. But one other thing about Frank Yeager that seems to happen in every fight, he gets rocked at some point. And it's a matter of can he recover fast enough? And usually the answer is yes. But, again, Yair Rodriguez is pretty great, pretty powerful, and could jump on him. But I give that like a 30% chance of happening. But I have to yeah. say Edgar's going to win a decision. He's He might lose the first round as he tries to, like, get a feel for what Yair's throwing at him. But yeah. Yair does kind of tend to spam the same attacks over and over again. So I think yeah. Edgar can adjust, box him up, take him down. You know, control him, win two out of three rounds for the. Yeah, it's very, it's very true. I mean, Frankie does get rocked a lot of fights, um, but I mean, not very rarely. I mean, very rarely does he get finished, actually. But it does take a while to get his his, uh, his wits about him or whatever. But he, somehow he pulls it off. But um, uh, yeah, I, I still think Frankie's going to win. My biggest disappointment is that this is not five rounds. Yeah, that was one thing I was going to say earlier when we were talking about, like, uh, you want more title fights on the Fox cards. I do agree that it would be great to have title fights on the Fox cards, but then again, it's great when you have, like, a great non-title fight that is the main event. That way you can make it five rounds, you know what I mean? Yes, I do, and I would like to see, actually, what... I think any fight between top two, top ten fighters in a division should be five rounds. Yeah, it you have the option to make, yeah. How about less fights per card, better fights with five rounds? Yeah, like, I, don't know if that's, I just don't know if it's that important for a lot of fights. I mean, No, fights, I mean the ones that are, like uh, Edgar Yair or, you know, like make it up to the UFC's discretion. But if it's like a top five fighters, like a top contenders fight maybe or – there's, yeah. You don't have to just have only five rounds be the main events. Like It's up to yeah. their discretion. I'd like to see yeah. them uh, utilize it a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. I mean, but I also think that I do kind of like the, uh, the kind of like prestige or whatever you'd say it would be of the main event or a title sure, fight true. being five rounds where you got to train a little harder. you got to be ready for five rounds where they call it the championship rounds for a reason. You know what I mean? Where it's just like once you get to that point, of the title fight or whatever or main event, you know, you got to train harder. You got to be ready for a longer fight. I just kind of like that where it's like the peak of the peak. Um, you know, it means something. I, I agree. That's what I'm saying. But I just think once you reach a certain level in the sport where you're upper, upper echelon, yeah, you're trained for five rounds at that point. And I think yeah. that's, it's weird to not like see Frank Yeager fight for five rounds. Yeah, I, I just think yeah. there could be exceptions here and there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I overstated sure. it a little bit, but yeah, I get right. you. Henry Cejudo is fighting the other Pettis, Sergio Pettis. Yeah. Uh, nice bounce back for Cejudo here after losing a close, tough 
decision to Benavidez. Uh, big jump up for Sergio. I think Cejudo will pretty easily win this, but yeah, it's still a pretty entertaining fight. Yeah, I agree. I just think it's way too much of a jump up for Pettis. Um, he's rocky at best, I think. Um, although I haven't watched much of his recent career, but he was definitely rocky in his first few fights. But uh, I just think Cejudo is way too much for him. Mm-hmm. I think you just easily take him down and dominate him. Yeah, I mean... Pettis is on a three-fight winning streak. Most recently beat John Moraga uh, by pretty dominant decision, actually. But uh, really? Yeah, but Cejudo is clearly top five in the division, and I don't, I'm not so sure Sergio is there. Yeah, definitely. So, next up is a really fun fight. It's, I can't believe it's on the prelims. Eddie Alvarez taking on Dustin Poirier. Yeah. I mean, what this is, is going to be fun. Yeah, um... I guess they'd call it the headliner of the prelims, how they do that type yeah. of deal. But, um, yeah, Eddie Alvarez bouncing back from that Conor McGregor beatdown that he just received. You go from main eventing, like, the biggest pay-per-view in history to prelims. Oof, yeah. that hurts. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, it's uh, Poirier at lightweight. How long has he been at lightweight again? A while. He's been there for about three, two years now. Oh, he wow, is sure. one, two, three, four, five and one at the weight class. His only loss was that knockout to Michael Johnson last September. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah, it'll be a good fight. We'll see what Alvarez is made of after that. Um, after that loss, I mean, some of his fights just looked alright. Some of them just looked terrible. Um, even like I just thought that RDA fight was complete luck. If you ask me. Yeah, and he won a. Controversial split decision against both Pettis and Melendez, so yeah, he uh, then, honestly could be like zero and five in the UFC. Got raped by uh, Donald Cerrone. Yeah, um, so and it got raped by Conor McGregor too. But yeah, I mean, we'll see what he's made of. I mean, Don, Dustin Poirier is usually pretty solid. I think Poirier is actually going to win this fight. Me too. Me too. Um, I think it'll be competitive and fun. I think it'll be entertaining as long as uh, Alvarez stands and bangs. So, yeah. Yeah, I like Poirier as well. I feel like when Eddie Alvarez tries to like implement his wrestling game, he ends up like uh, um, Johnny Hendricks, where he's just kind of stuck against the fence with his head between their legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He does that a lot. Or at least in UFC. He never did that in Bellator, but. Yeah. We'll see. He knows where his head's at. Uh, last fight I'd like to mention is David Branch making his return to the UFC after holding two titles for the World Series of Fighting, light heavyweight and middleweight. He's fighting at middleweight against up-and-comer Christoph Jatko, who's 19-1 and a pretty big prospect in the division. He is on a five-fight winning streak, beating Talos Slaitis, Tamden McCrory, Brad Scott, Scott Askham, and Tor Trong. 6-1 overall in the UFC. And getting better and better, what do you think? Is David Branch going to come back? come in here in style and make like a case that he should be uh, right in the top 10? Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. I'm, um, I don't know much about this Christoph character, but uh, I actually don't know much about David Branch either. I've only seen a f- few of his fights, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's, I mean, he definitely, I mean, he had two titles. He can't be that bad, so um, I'm going to go with David Branch comes in and I don't know if he makes a statement, but I think he's going to win at least by decision. All right, I'll actually go the other way with Jotko, but I could see it going either way. Both are good guys. It's a pretty good fight. Good test for his first fight 
back in the UFC. Uh, you would think at first glance a guy with like two titles like that would get like a bigger name, but no, I think this is about right because it's World Series of Fighting for Christ's sakes. <laughs> you know, so. All right, well that'll do it for this episode. Well, uh, real quick, I just want to shout out. Um, Please do. Same same night as UFC 210 was uh, Shogun Fight 16 right here in old Baltimore, Maryland. It was at the Royal Farms Arena. Did you um, go? I did not go. I was going to, but I didn't. Um, but it was, I mean, it was a good fight. A few people I know were on the card. Uh, it's got Rob Sullivan. Um, he's a local Baltimore fighter. He won his fight against... Chris Rollins by split decision. Um, it's a good, good win for him to get his first win in like two years. So right, it's good cool. to see him get get back on the right path. And uh, also Greg Fisher is a Baltimore fighter. Also, he won the uh, flyweight title. I think it was the inaugural inaugural fly, flyweight title for Shogun. He beat Martil Davila by uh, unanimous decision, thirty twenty six. So. Those guys are both out of Method MMA and uh, local Baltimore fighters, like supporting local fighters. Hell yeah. I'm sure there's a lot more great fighters on this card. Just don't want to take up too much time with it. But congrats to those two guys. Um, good job and uh, keep it up. Yeah, good call. Yeah, congrats, guys. And um, hopefully Shogun Fights continues to grow. You need that yeah. uh, small time local stuff to build these f- new fighters up, you know. Yeah, they they put on a great show. It's uh, John Rollo's p- promotion, and uh, yeah, I've they heard. put on a great pr- great show on. It's great production, and they, they make it on TV eventually. They like tape delay it on like uh, like a local CSN or something like mm-hmm. that. Access like the yeah yeah maybe I it's access TV something like that something yeah I remember them being promoted on the radio hearing about it like years ago. So glad it's still around. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so that'll do it for us. But stay tuned. We got a special episode coming out next week to coincide with the premiere of The Ultimate Fighter. Uh, something a little different. We're trying out, see how it goes. Maybe we'll do it more in the future. Uh, I don't want to give too much away now. We'll talk about it when the time comes. But uh, just yeah. stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. But Hit me up at Twitter at Brooks Fallon. I'm on Twitter at The Oreo Report. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Red Belt Report. Email us, theredbeltreport at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, on YouTube, and wherever you can find us. Really tryna fuck with Hollywood code I'm with Molly G, bro Flying Holly Grove chicks to my Hollywood shows And I wanna tell you something that you probably should know This that slumdog millionaire Bollywood flowing up my real friends never hear it from me Fake friends write the wrong answers on the mirror for me That's why I pick and choose I don't get shit confused I got a small circle I'm not with different crews We walk the same path But got on different shoes Live in the same building But we got different views I got a couple cars I never get to use Don't like my women single I like my chicks in twos And these days all the girls is down the road I hit the strip club and all them bitches find Plus I've been sipping so this shit is moving kinda slow Just tell my girl to tell a friend that it's time to go Now tell me how you love it You know you at the top and all the heavens right above it We own It's your money motherfucker If you ain't running with it Run from it motherfucker Alright Now somebody show some money in this bitch And I got my bees with me like some honey in this bitch You dig I got my gun in my boot purse
first And I don't bust back because I shoot the fresh train. Yes, I'm in the building. You just on the list of guest names. And all of my riders do not give a fuck. X games. Guns turn you boys into pussies. Sex change. And I smoke till I got chest pains. And you niggas know I rep my gang like Jesse James. Women are possessive and they want to possess Wayne. I've been fly so long I fell asleep on the fucking plane. Skinny pants and some vans. Call me Triple A. Get my advance in advance. Amen. As the world spinning, dance in my hands. Life is a beach. I'm just playing in the sand. Uh, wake up and smell a pussy. You niggas can't see me, but never overlook me. I'm on the paper trail. It ain't no telling where it took me. Yeah, and I ain't a killer, but don't push. <laughs>